Bruce. What am I saying, Bruce? Uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, I he was on There's Something About Mary. Uh, ben Stiller. Yeah. Where Ben Stiller's a junkie, like shooting heroin. It had a pretty good cast. It was so called, it's a drama? Yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of a comedy, but mostly drama. It's supposed to be, he's based off a guy that was running writing TV shows in the 80s, like he's on 30-something and ALF and all this, and he was like shooting all this smack and shit to write on these shows and no one even noticed that he was just a raging junkie until like he was out of control that's but because he was my... turning in good script and no one noticed that he was just killing himself that's my life story <laughs> god what was it called though let me uh, let me we are, yeah, we, are, was... we are live so before you say anything bad about j2k or hair bear they, they're in the chat room listening live <laughs> oh all right, let me shout them out then they're my favorite listeners <laughs> the, song is called, the, song, uh, the movie rather is called permanent midnight from 1998 i'd never even heard of this i never heard of it either it's, it's a recent... the very the very lovely Elizabeth Hurley, who's so so sexy. Oh, is it new or 1998? Holy shit. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I was so surprised I never heard of it. Yeah. It was decent though. You guys hear of it? Nomad, uh, Mr. Shorty? Mm -mm. That's new to me. Never heard of that either. Nomad, you, you ever see a movie with all white cast? <laughs> like every weekend. <laughs> Well, I don't recommend to you all, and not because they're Asian, and I think Aldo watched it too, that one, the one best picture, the everything all together at once or whatever the fuck it was. We, uh, you obviously didn't see the rundown of the show. That's the last topic of the night. And so oh, okay. with, with that, we'll go live. Let's start this show, baby. What follows is strictly for adults. Put your children out of harm's way. You see, the following five gentlemen are clearly not PG. In fact, an R rating would stand for rude. Let's meet them now. He's originally from the land of Lincoln, Illinois. Then he moved to Georgia, and then he moved to Florida. How much farther south can this man go? Cuba? There's no doubt. This man is lucky Ronald Reagan is not alive because he would be calling him a communist. But don't worry. He's no Castro comrade. He's the president of the Bears Country Podcast. The lead host of their signature show. Now he's one of us. One of us. One of us. Aldo calls him the OD. Let's not call him a cocksucker. The other Dan. We don't know anything about him. I mean, we don't know shit about him. We don't know his real name. Is it Thaddeus? Is it Reginald? Is it Frank? I don't know. What's his address? Any of his friends? Does he even have any friends? Hey, we do know this. He's someone you better not fuck around with. He knows the Bears and the game of football. He's funny as fuck. He likes to fuck. And just like me, again, this is redundant, but he likes pussy. No man. This man was an extra on Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers back in 1994. It is believed he has more body hair than any other mammal on the fucking planet. And some suspect he starred in gay porn back in the 1980s. But there's nothing wrong with that. 
Now, he delivers the Bears' state of affairs. He handicaps games better than anyone except maybe Mike North, but they're both good. He loves the efficiency of bourbon. It's Tooch. It's Mr. John Santucci. You know this gentleman as the Podfather. He created the Barroom Network in 2014. 2023 figures to be a big year in this man's life. Medicare, Social Security, and erectile dysfunction all at one time. Hey, quit calling him white. He's tired of that shit. He's Puerto Rican. He's Aldo Gandia. I've been saying for three years on the Barroom Network that I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating. But now I don't really know if that's true. Alright, I'm just fucking with you. Of course it's true, but it's been a bad season. I mean, except for Justin Fields running all the way. I recently got dumped by a girl on Facebook. My ex-wife's getting remarried. But don't worry about me, I'm still getting lots of pussy. I'm Dan Aguirre. These five are here to talk about the Chicago Bears and bear their souls. That's right, everybody. We are here to bear our souls, and it is the other Dan bearing his soul. It is Nomad bearing his soul. It is Dan Aguirre bearing his soul. And Johnny Santucci will be here later for his Bears State of Affairs. I think he's writing it right now. He just started. He pulled out his crayons, and he's like, fucking writing that thing right now. <laughs> Guys, how you doing? Dan Aguirre, how you doing? I heard you had a uh, cat issue today. Yeah, man, it's so ironic that I'm having dental troubles the same time he is. But I had my root canal Monday, and he's going to have to have surgery on next Monday. They uh, said they have to give him the gas, the anesthesia, and uh, they'll clean his teeth and do his blood work and then do any extractions that are necessary. My estimated cost, you guessed it, $900. Let me ask you this. Are you guys also having your periods around the same time? Oh, <laughs> yeah, man, you women always say that. I wonder if they're fucking full of shit when they're like, oh, our periods just get synced up. It's so silly, my sweet mates. And I'm like, is that really, is that a thing? <laughs> they talk on the phone too much, they sync up. <laughs> I mean, how's that? I don't understand how this, but let's say Lady A's period starts on January 1. And she moves in with her sweet mates, and the next lady's period starts January 17th. How do they meet in the middle like that? I heard that it's true, that it's a scientific fact, but I heard that. I don't know. I can't say I read it in Scientific Journal magazine. <laughs> Let's go around the horn here. Nomad, how are you, my friend? My favorite fucking internet show that I'm now a part of that can go from bears to bullshit quicker than a hooker can run out of a church. Let's fucking do this shit. Oh, well said, man. And the other member of the team is the other Dan, the OD, Mr. Shorty. Uh, what else? Uh, Mark Tressman. Uh, uh, David Koresh, somebody called me last week. David Koresh. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out of Waco, Texas. <laughs> Look at him. Who's the guy from MSNBC? Oh, yeah, oh. the guy that's always running down the projections and 30% uh, more will be a victory. Steve Kornacki. That's yes. Kornacki, yeah. <laughs> he hey, is all of that, them. by the way. <laughs> oh, Cliff Victoria, where are you? He's, he's on the phone now, closing another $500 million real estate deal. Man, motherfucker. 
All, All right. right, guys. And we're going to get straight into this because I want to give enough time for debate on this upcoming issue. The one that I put on the cover shot for our YouTube channel, the one that I promoted earlier today and people were threatening my lives, the one that I called my friends and they all said, one of them said, although please take the dick out of your mouth and slap your face with it because this is fucking ridiculous topic. That's what I told you. <laughs> oh, that was you. <laughs> that was you. Oh, shit, I forgot. So here's, here's the topic. I just want to introduce it because here's how I feel. If you are the head of an organization, you have to look at every scenario. Ryan Poles himself has said it. He says we are trying to prepare for every potential scenario. So maybe the scenario that comes is that they were wild by Anthony Richardson. And now they are thinking, well, maybe we can use this to our advantage. I mean, uh, Mr. Shorty, you cut together some tape of Anthony Richard Richardson's combine performance. Why don't you take us through what you uh, put together, brother? I mean, I started looking at quarterbacks a while ago just because I knew that would be, if, if we had a high enough pick, it would be something that would be of value, right? So that's the only reason why I, I I didn't scout quarterbacks the last two years. It was kind of weird, but it kind of feels normal again to do it because I feel like it's, it's for the bears. So I, I noticed Anthony Richardson right off the bat before the combine. And I, I thought that he was going to explode from the combine just because he has, he has a really, really nice touch on his ball. He has, his accuracy has a little bit of issues, but he still has the accuracy. It can be worked on. He's obviously proved he's fast enough. He's got the arm strength. Um, it just, it just, he has to put it all together. And I think that the intangibles that he has are fucking amazing. And I thought that he could rise up the board very quickly. And I think that he's going to based on his combine because Wow. Did you see what Doreen just posted here on the chat? I saw multiple, multiple reports about Falcons moving up to number one for Richardson. Now, hey, play that tape that you got uh, the other day, that tape of uh, uh, Richardson's combine. And Herbert makes a great, great point. The tape doesn't lie in terms of Richardson's college tape. You know, he, he had a completion percentage closer to 50% than 60%. That's worrisome. But this guy is such a raw talent. Go ahead and roll that tape, brother. Look at this guy. The production values from Mr. Shorty. 4440. You know who want who ran a 4.5140? Justin Fields. Yeah. Vertical. Yeah. All, all of this Richardson did better at the combine than Fields. And like, I'm look not at, look at the flip of the wrist right there when he just released it right there. Yep. We can go back to that play right there. Look at that, the flick of the wrist. Aaron Rodgers like. Yeah, that's what I like. I like to see in my quarterbacks. I wish I had a camera on Nomad's face right now. She's just like fucking. Side note: Jigba's <laughs> fucking awesome. Let's just look at him again, really quick. Look, look at that. Najigba, Look at his route running right here. Look at that off the break. Yeah. Yep. You got fucking three linebackers coming at him in that short route, and then he takes off on them. And then this deep ball just. <laughs> if you go back to watch him throw the ball on the deep ball. Now, that's one thing. He could have thrown that. That just was with ease. Sweet ease. 
You know, a lot of times people were saying, uh, oh, Ohio State quarterbacks aren't any good in the pros. I was hearing that a lot when we got Justin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like the – I mean, not that this is a real argument, but Florida quarterbacks aren't exactly lighting it up. I mean, we had Shane Matthews, who did okay and later went to jail. <laughs> we Rex Grossman led us to a Super Bowl, and I liked Rex. But if the argument was used against fields that where well, Ohio State quarterbacks aren't good in the pros – it's not like uh, Tim Tebow was the quarterback of Florida. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not like – I'm not saying this guy's going to suck, but, again, I, I'm the proponent of keeping fields. Nomad, before I, I get into my spiel, which is I'm going to present a scenario that we should discuss, like if the four of us uh, are working over at Hallis Hall and they threw us all into a room and they said to us, come back out of that room with big ideas on how we can improve this team. So I'm going to present you with a big idea. But before we get there, Nomad, tell me what you think about Anthony Richardson. Oh, hell no. I want to see you get slayed first. <laughs> I want to watch that. I want to watch that live. <laughs> That's my friend, Nomad. <laughs> okay. okay. Honestly, honestly, listen, I'm not a fan of the uh, combine. I never have been. They're in shorts. No live bullets are flying. Mm-hmm. But when you turn on the tape and you watch Anthony Richardson, the first thing you will notice is his inaccuracies with throwing the ball. A lot of quarterbacks have that issue early in their careers, even in college. But the intangibles really jump out jump out at you. His ability to be able to throw it, I mean, he's he's more accurate than he is not, to be honest with you. And his size and his speed and quick twitch twitch ability, and I and I told you guys in the green room, and I'll say it again now. I did a guest spot for Dan Aguirre when he couldn't do do the show. This was months ago, mm-hmm. and and I told you guys the the teams that need a quarterback and don't draft this guy are going to regret it years down the line because he is the he has the biggest ceiling or the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft. I don't give a shit how you feel about Bryce Young, how you feel about C.J. Stroud. This dude is it. You need If you need a guy that can flip the field and give that ball, I mean, this dude is it. He's probably the next best thing to Justin Fields. And so Justin Fields, I think, is the future. This is the guy right behind him. I love what you just said, Nomad, because you're helping my case for us to at least consider what I am going to present to all of you, everyone in the chat, and the entire world that has access to this tremendous show called Bear Their Souls. All right, so you begin the NFL draft with trading the first overall pick. And this is just supposition here, but the best offer that comes through is from the Raiders. And here's what they're offering. They're offering the 2023 first pick, first round pick, number seven overall. Stay with me, Dan Aguirre. The number 2023 second round pick, number 38 overall. The third round pick of this year's draft, number 70 overall. And the first round and second round picks of next year. So, okay. All right. We say yes to that. All those picks on the screen now belong to the Chicago Bears. And so we get down to the fourth pick. The Colts are about to make their draft pick. And I asked them, hey, 
are you interested in Justin Fields? I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but if you're interested, let's talk. And they come back with this offer, 2023 first-round pick, fourth overall. The second-round pick this year, 36 overall. That's almost a first-round pick. The 2024 first-round pick. The 2024 second-round pick. And Shaq Leonard, who knows your defense and can step in and play at a high level day one. Okay. Let me think about this, guys. Let me think. Okay. Well, so what does that look like from our draft board projection? Now, this really is not the Bears draft board projection. It is mine. So with that fourth pick that we acquire from the Colts, we pick Anthony Richardson because they got Justin Fields. That other first-round pick, we pick our next right tackle for the next 15 years, Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. We Then in the second round, we pick John Michael Schmitz, perhaps the best center in this draft. If he's not the best, then he's the second or third. Then we pick the three-tech, that all-important three-tech. So now you got Sha- uh, Shaq Leonard playing that outside linebacker, and now you got that three-tech. Those are the two top positions that the Bears coaches are always telling us. We've got to have superstars at that position where you potentially have them in Adabaore out of Northwestern, outstanding three-tech. He projects to be an outstanding three-tech, and you got Shaq Leonard. Then, in that other second-round pick that you acquired, you got Keon White coming in from the outside and can play the inside too. And now, because you're going to have Anthony Richardson as your quarterback, you're going to focus your entire offense on a running game. So you got to pick up a running back who is much more dynamic than David Montgomery, and you pick him up in the third round with your pick, the Bears' top pick of the third round, Zach Charbonnet. And remember, you got Shaq uh, Leonard, and you also got – the first round pick from the Colts next year. That's that's goes along with the Bears' first round pick and the Raiders' first round pick. So I made a mistake there. And in the second round pick of the Colts and Raiders. That's a haul. That's redoing your entire fucking team and having almost all of the pieces in place to make a deep run into the playoffs and maybe the Super Bowl in 2024. My uh, my concern is that if you don't make a trade like this, the rebuild is going to be longer than two years. It'll be three, four years because you're you're just fucking clicking away at this fucking big mountain with a little fucking, you know, like uh, what's his name in Shawshank? He had that little pickaxe and stuff. That's how you built that tunnel out, out, out of Shawshank into the playoffs. This gives us an opportunity to make it there faster. And I believe Richardson can do that almost, almost, not quite as much, but almost as much as I believe Justin Fields can take us there if all things were equal. Aldo Gandia. Please, go ahead. Your IQ test came back today, <laughs> and the results are negative. <laughs> I'm, tempted, I'm almost tempted to hold your ass down and let these things beat the skin off your ass because that's what they feel like doing. <laughs> Look yeah, at this. 70% of the chat saying you are high as fuck, Aldo. Oh, well, you know, I, I'm high, but not as fuck. I'm not sure what the definition of that is. <laughs> I love, I love, look at you pontificating. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they want to beat your ass, man. I got to change you to the great pontificator underneath your name there. <laughs> I I think that I convinced Dan Aguirre. Dan, what do you say? Man, I'm just glad we weren't doing this show in 1980 because <laughs> obviously technology wouldn't allow us to do this in 1980. Uh-huh. But I feel like you would be saying the same thing. Like, we've got to move Walter. No, we can rebuild the whole team if we trade 34. Look at these draft picks we would get. No, no, no. no. They, first off, I love your, I love your Bulls shirt, even though I'm not a Bulls fan. Good Thank shirt. Uh, but and I I so appreciate the time you took to come up with this scenario. I'm not I'm not blowing you know sunshine up your ass. It's it's, it's a good question. But for one. I don't like Chris Ballard at least claims that they don't want to move up. I saw that he says he doesn't have to move up. So I don't think the Colts would make that move. Now, will the Raiders make that move? My question that I wanted to ask you too is Fields in some scenario involved in that trade with the Raiders to get those first round picks, or is it just the draft picks under your scenario? It's just the draft picks because what you're trading is that highly coveted first overall pick of the draft. These you, you, you're supposing that the Raiders have fallen in love with somebody in this draft that they would move heaven and hell to acquire that person, and they are potentially looking for the successor to David Carr, and they want to pick a one of the young quarterbacks. Yeah, because Carr is going to the Saints now, reportedly. That is correct. So, but it, let me ask you another question, real quick, not to deviate from this. I'm not trying to run from the scenario, but mm-hmm. it, it the guy that got into legal trouble last week, Carter. Mm-hmm. The fact that that has occurred, are the Bears potentially thinking, oh, we better go ahead and get Will Anderson now because and not make a trade down at all, considering that maybe before they could make a trade and still get one of them. But the fact that one of them is going to plummet probably to at least the second or third round, uh, maybe that makes the, they could draft him later. But does that make the Bears more apt to just selecting Will Anderson and not actually making a trade at all what do you think nomad i've been i've been tossing that thought around in my head all week and um quite quite honestly man this is what what you have to consider the question is do we have the uh the structure in place do we have the teachers and the coaches and the leadership in place to be able to facilitate a guy like that that obviously has some uh maturity issues as everyone does at that age you're talking um, about jalen carter or will anderson i think i'm talking about jalen okay because uh, dan weren't you saying i was oh, asking you all if you think that there's a chance the bears because before if they traded let's say down to second third fourth they might say well if someone takes will anderson then we'll trade we'll draft carter or flip-flop that but because Carter's probably going to plummet now based upon the legal thing, at least he's not going to be in the top five more than likely. Is it plausible that the Bears just don't trade that pick at all and draft Anderson at number one overall is what I was asking. Oh, no, no. Hell no. I'm not saying I advocated. I was just saying but maybe the Bears think we've got to get one of these two dudes as a stud our defense and maybe they're like well the other guy is going to have character issues and this guy's right there so that's why i was wanting to know if you all thought that maybe there's no trade maybe they just draft will anderson no i I don't think so at all i I don't think i think their value the value board for those guys from 
from one to all the way at the end of the draft is nothing like we probably probably imagine it is. They they probably don't think if you don't get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, it won't be the end of the world. And I don't think so either. I think they are just two people, two people that guys are constantly talking about, and it's understandable. But at the end of the day, they are very, very valuable guys that are not in that top five or ten uh, picks. And I think they'll be fine with, with not getting either one of those guys. I totally and I agree. think they will be too. I hope you're right. I really do. Because I don't want to uh, draft Anderson, number one, and not make those trades either. But I still, to answer the question, I'll relinquish the mic to everyone else to answer Aldo's. And you're, I don't, as much as I, I appreciate the creativity and the imagine, imagination, y- you're never going to get me to say, okay, trade Justin. I just, I, I, I've bought in. I've bought in. I, I yeah. maybe the Raiders trade. Literally, I I don't literally trade. right then, literally jackets, right. hats. <laughs> I, I don't want to trade Justin. I honestly feel like in my lifetime, like the Bears home run hitters have been Walter and Devin Hester in terms of just, oh my God, kind of moments. I know Sayers was like that too, but I didn't get to watch him play. And, and I feel Justin's one of those guys and his passing, I hope is going to get better is and. His running ability, we already know what that is. He He's a home run hitter. His superior talent, and I do not want to give up on him. I'm stubborn in that regard. So I reject your trade off for Indianapolis. I apologize. I'm going to tell By you the, the way, truth. Aldo, you, Aldo, you, you suck and you need your ass kicked. <laughs> you were wrong earlier, Aldo, when you said when you said Justin Fields ran a 4-5-40. He may have one out of his two, but he ran a 4-4-something 40. At the combine, because of course, that is, that the is, reason I said four five one is that this was on uh, NFL draft buzz, and they had well, him at there, four there five was no one combine that he, they didn't. Have, he wasn't at the combine that year because of, the, of of COVID. He he did a pro day, right? And he ran like a four four something. Yeah, I don't know where uh, NFL draft buzz got the four point five one. I did a little research trying to find uh, the exact number. That's what I came up with, and so you know, fuck. This is a little sloppy. Yes. This is this is a thought starter. This is let's let's have a couple of beers and let's discuss this. You can't you know? say that Justin Fields ran a 45140 if you're going to put this in the in the conversation of replacing him with a guy that runs a 444 when I think well, Fields ran a 441 actually. It's, it's not like I came up with this number out of my ass as it was published on a website that's I'm just very popular. <laughs> All those in a bar downtown Chicago bringing this stuff up. And he's getting a drink thrown in his face. Automatically. Fucking A. I love the pontification. That's all I can say. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I, I do. I, I worked for a number of Fortune 500 companies in my lifetime. And the, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think NFL uh, organizations, NFL teams run their organizations like a corporation does. And so they have a strategic development department and they throw a couple of guys into a room, come up with fucking crazy scenarios. And if NFL teams don't do that, I really think that they should do that because the only way you come up with these wild ideas is to have some wild thinking people come in. You need that diversity of thought. You need the the guy who's going to work things by the numbers, but you need that guy that's thinking way fucking out here that can come up with crazy ideas and maybe solutions to accelerate the rebuild that we're under. Because what I am afraid of right now is that we're going to have a dome stadium 
in Arlington Heights before we see our next winning season. And I'm not saying that's because of Justin Fields. I'm saying because Ryan Pulse has done such a great job of depleting the team of talent that now it's like, man, if you fuck up with free agency or you get more than two or three bad draft picks in the first two days of the draft, I mean, you only got three in the first two days of the draft. If you fuck that up, we're fucking – we won't I, know I know what you're saying, Aldo, because if you can – let's just say they both turn out to be the same. They're, they're both equally good quarterbacks, equally the same, Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson. Wouldn't it be worth it to trade Justin Fields along with that first pick to move down a little bit to get him and build that team just like you said? The players that you had on that list were like fucking Dallas Cow- Cowboys instant rebuild, you know, three of the next four Super Bowls. I get it. Like – you he's should, like a son to me. You should apply. Dan, Dan, he's like a son to me. Shorty, <laughs> shorty. For the Bears, Aldo. Your, your, your IQ test came back too. <laughs> I can't tell you what it is. Same envelope as mine, right? <laughs> Listen, I believe that any. I believe in like anything's possible. So, like, if Anthony Richardson does end up being just as good of a quarterback as Justin Fields, in your scenario that essentially would be a great scenario. It would just be maybe off by a year, but maybe not because sometimes quarterbacks just blow up on the scene. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is why I think it's too much time in between seasons. It's just people got too much fucking time to think. And, and that's shorty says pontificate <laughs> about bullshit, bullshit. We have a nuclear weapon. Let's keep it and bomb other teams with it. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> I love it. I love, I love it. it too. I don't disagree. Now, I, I, I got to tell you this. You know, in all honesty, I'm not advocating for this. I, I just want to throw down the discussion and and say, what if, what if? Again, that's like a, a huge term that's used in a lot of the corporations that I have worked at. You, you think about what if scenarios. What if we made the hamburger that way. What if the electrical current went that way? What if you know all these fucking companies that are in trouble with- for pontificating? <laughs> I know I'm Mr. Pontificator tonight. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Aldo. Yes, please. <laughs> Do you know where? And I'm only asking this because uh, I have been on the Fields bandwagon the entire time, but someone that wasn't, such as Mike North, who's right. not with us tonight, obviously. Mm-hmm. But do you know what where Mike stands? I don't mean that because Mike's doing the dead the dead people show. No, and I'm saying he's not with us. Mike's alive. He's alive. But uh, do you know if someone that wasn't a big fan of Fields' talents, such as Mike, do you know it, where he stands on the Bears trading fields? Or is he like, no, because when we met in November, Mike was saying he was coming around to Justin. I'm just curious where he stands as far as you know in March. God bless you, Dan Aguirre, because I created this graphic just for Mike North, but I'm going to share it with all of you. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. (laughs) (laughs) Mike has a a love for Mitchell Trubisky that... uh, Borders on homosexuality. <laughs> <Let's just remember. laughs> um, he uh, is not a fan of Justin Fields, primarily because he thought that Mitchell Trubisky was given a bum 
and, and there might be some truth to that. Matt well, I agree with him on that, but I still yeah. think Justin's better, though. I, I agree with you on that. You know, I, I think Justin right now sees the field better than Mitchell ever did. But and Mitchell know. seems to play scared after he gets like when he got hit by Harrison Smith, it seemed to change his entire demeanor. And I don't even mean for the rest of that season. Like, I don't know if he's ever been the same mm-hmm. Like because he was running. But he, when he got hit, man, it just seemed to take the run out of his entire game. Fields gets hit all the time and gets right the fuck up and goes for 60 and scores on your ass right after that. I agree. Trubisky in the two-minute drill was golden, though. He was a good – he had a lot of comeback drives that never happened. He was he was good in that he ran the two-minute drill really well. It's about the best thing he did. I will say this, and I will say – and I will live by this. That Mitchell Trubisky move was the worst move in the history of the Bears organization. Given given history has already presented itself and, and results have happened, that was the worst move in the history of the Chicago Bears organization. How they got to that place where they decided or where Ryan Ryan Pace decided that he was gonna, you know, just overthrow everybody and grab this guy, that was such malpractice. I don't to this day, I'm I'm still trying to reel in family members to return to the Bears fandom. That <laughs> shit really irritated a lot of fucking people, and it still irritates me. Yeah. Well, well we all know my reaction to it afterwards. This was me, man. I was uh, not a happy camper. I was. This was my reaction to Mitchell Trubisky pick. I did one. I did two. Oh I did three. I did four. I did five. I did six. I did seven shots, and then I did a show. Blasting that fucking pick. Because, Look at that dark hair on Aldo Gandhi. <laughs> yeah, you I wish what? I had some of that hair. Now. One thing, I one it, thing it, I've it never heard. Bit, go ahead. Uh, no, man, no, no, no. I just want to ask you a question, Dan. Why? <laughs> one thing I've never heard is what What do you think uh, Ryan Pace's way of thinking was by doing that? What do you think that was? What do you think that was all about? At the time, oh. the Bears released a video on the chicagobears.com website with Ryan Pace. And it was at the moment that he called Mitchell and even John Fox, who I felt so bad for was there on the phone with him. Cause he didn't even know that's who they were drafting, which is sacrilege as Aldo and I have talked about. Uh, they justified it on the Bears social media. And I don't even know if this is true, but they claimed uh, that uh, the GM, Mr. Pace claimed at the time that every scout in the organization agreed unequivocally that Mitch was the best quarterback in the draft. He said, when you've got all your scouts and your GM and your coach all in line, and that's who they all want, that's who you take. And then you think at the time, it's ironically, he threw Fox in there and Fox didn't even know who they were drafting. So how can you say that's who he wanted to when he didn't even know? I will say this though. I think even worse of a trade uh, than the Mitch thing was trading a number one draft pick in 1997 for uh, Rick Meyer. I think that was the worst trade the Bears made. Mm-hmm. Oh, point. Well, and I think, Nomad, to, to add to your, to your question, uh, something to think about is I think Ryan Pace met with Mitchell Trubisky. You know, they, it was documented, I think, when the Sun-Times at the time, 
Chicago Sun-Times, Adam Johns, you know, he had these secret meetings with Trubisky at bars in the North Carolina area, took him out to dinner, had a couple beers, talked to him. I think he fell in love with Mitchell, the person, not only how he presented himself, but the fact that he drove an old car, you know, the fact that he was kind of a little bit of an aw shucks guy, the fact that he was just kept expressing, you know, I want to learn, I want to learn, I want to be the best, I want to be the best, and so forth. They And I think that is why he picked, as opposed to really looking at the tape and seeing this guy throws his left foot because the, the tape said it. At North Carolina, this guy throws his left foot way left of the target. The target is over here, and he's got his left foot pointing that way. I mean, that was plain and simple. Lauren Cox worked at Pro Football Focus, and when uh, Trubisky was was uh, was was hired, he sent this to tape and said, "Hey, keep it short." And so I looked through all these highlights. I was like, "Holy shit! This guy's accuracy is going to be a major issue in the NFL." And that's what it was. I think this was more out of emotion than out of thinking and i hate to brag but i'm gonna brag tonight because i'm mr pontificator tonight Trubisky <laughs> had pace at mcmahon yes when he, when he, I, I just want to say mahomes was my guy that that year and i got documented proof okay i'm sorry yeah. aren't you all oh. glad that we didn't no, draft no, watson now <laughs> what was that then i said aren't you glad we didn't draft watson now given all this the oh, sexual yeah. problems mentioned and all that Hell no, uh, we'd have two, <laughs> we'd have had two championships by now. But you think so? If With that defense and the way he was playing in Houston, you got to think about how he was playing and his numbers and just his overall game with a with a really bad team. There was a, this was a really well put together team overall. They spent way too much money on some of these guys, but it was put together. And there was a two year window where there could have been championships. I, I definitely think. If we had a grab Watson, we'd have two rings by now. Go back to what you said earlier, Aldo, about um, if would that all that should have come out if there wasn't like some shit going on with the league, right? Because you could probably find shit on anybody if you wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. So who knows if the, if he was a Chicago Bear, maybe it would never have come out, or maybe not even have happened as much because were we talking about that on the air? I don't. I don't know. We were on the air when I mentioned that whole the NFL is the mafia. <laughs> no, earlier tonight. Earlier tonight, you were talking about is the NFL. When you you mentioned would the would the Watson thing have happened if it wasn't for? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering. I it is wonder. true that Watson was at at odds with the Texans owner at the time that all those stories were coming out. Right. So it's there, like they're, they can there's some and, truth to that. Yeah. It almost wow. feels like uh, Watson felt like he was in purgatory with that team, especially when after they got rid of, uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know who went first, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think they traded him and maybe one other player. I can't remember who it is, but they started to uh, get rid of some of his help and he started feeling like he was in purgatory. And you can see that he he reacted to it and he started speaking out like, man, what the fuck am I doing here? What? What is this, man? Bill O'Brien and most of the uh, the coaches from the uh, the Patriots personnel, man, they, they don't turn into good head coaches. And it's just a, it's just a matter of time before that shit is blown up in fucking uh, L.A., the Raiders, Oakland, or whatever the fuck they are, Las Vegas. They are doomed to fail because everybody thinks the Patriots organization is the creme de la creme. They're not. 
Only Bill Belichick has been successful. The rest of those motherfuckers, psh, forget it. Mr. Dan Aguirre, you are the historian here at the barroom. You agree with uh, Mr. Nomad's assessment of the Patriots? Well, historically, he's right in terms of, you know, whether it was, uh, Romeo did some good things as a coordinator. I don't know if he was, he had a 10 win season with Cleveland, Romeo Cornell, but mm-hmm. was he Bill Belichick? Of course not. And then you had the, the thing in Detroit with the guy with the pencil and the beard. I can't even think of his fucking name right now. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and, oh, uh, Matt Patricia. Yeah, yeah, and Josh McDaniels, or McDa- is it McDaniel or McDaniels? Anyway, he was a complete failure in Denver, and he's probably going to fail again. Uh, the, the only thing I could say is Rabel in Tennessee has done a, a nice job. They don't have a great quarterback, and they do have a great running back, but they were able to take Tannehill and take them to the AFC Championship with above-average skills, and and he did show he outcoached Bill in that playoff win, Brady's last game there. Brian so, Dable. Yeah, I think he's been the, the best of the departures from New England. And I guess Charlie Weiss did okay at Notre Dame, right? I, I don't know. I mean, but that's not the same. But right. So, yeah, I, I agree with the premise that most of the Patriots guys have turned out to be immensely disappointing when they go elsewhere. Did I have that name right? That who's the current Minnesota Vikings defensive coordinator? Oh shit, man! You're uh... the, the, the Dolphins' previous head coach, Flores. Flores, Brian Flores. Thank you. I said Brian Dable. I meant Brian Flores. He's a isn't he from uh, the Patriots? Yes, he's from that he, Patriots tree. He's more of a success story than most, though. I, I will side with Dan Aguirre on that. I I do believe uh, Vrabel is the exception to history because. And I think that's because Vrabel is a former player and he relates better to the players. Uh, dude in, uh, in 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 Las Vegas, he has no people skills based on what I've heard over time. He, he sucks at that. Yep. He really sucks at that. How he even got another bite at the apple for head coach is really, really disturbing to me. And don't forget the reason we got Jay Cutler – was the re because Josh McDaniel went to Denver and lied to Jay on multiple occasions about wanting to trade for Matt Castle. You know how big a bum Matt Castle was, mm-hmm. and told him no, no, no. Well, you're our guy, and then was trying to trade him again after looking him in the eyes and saying you're our guy. So Jay said, "Fuck this guy," especially Jay being a little salty anyway, and only 26. He was like, "I'm not playing for this fucking guy. He's a liar." Mm-hmm. So. But I'm just saying, if you can't trust your coach, he looks you in the eye and says, oh, I have no interest in trading. And then it starts to try to trade you as soon as the conversation ends. What kind of character is this guy? Absolutely. heard about the shit coming out of, from, from his players this past season, though, too, right? Didn't you? From Josh McDaniel's players in, in Las Vegas? I think there was some of that. There was some unhappiness with the way he coached. Yeah, he, like, he called them out in front of everyone. Yeah like screamed at him in front of everyone and made him like come up in front of everyone like a child and like point out everything. There are not many uh, head coaches that can get away with that kind of behavior anymore. Not with today's type player. You know, people don't want to be talked to that way. Hey, I I kept this comment up by Mo Beerman on the screen because I think I'm going to, I'm throwing you guys a curveball here. Um, Lamar Jackson today, he got the, uh, non-exclusive free agency tag. They, the Ravens and Jackson just could not reach an agreement. And so the Ravens said, okay, let's let the market dictate how much you got. So now any 
any team can negotiate a contract with you. And so we'll see if he's going to get a huge offer from the Jets or some other quarterback-hungry team. Aren't the Jets he's- going after Rodgers? Well, they, they could be, but they could change their minds and go to Lamar Jackson, Panthers, you know, and there's all sorts of rumors going on. Who knows what's going on? So the question then is, is that I want to introduce to you guys is Watson will never be in the playoffs with that contract, says Mo Bierman. There is this, this tendency now of paying quarterbacks like almost 25% of the salary cap And you look at, we were just talking about the Patriots. That's why this thought popped into my head. What Tom Brady did with the, as quarterback of the Patriots. Taking less. Taking less. Exactly. Dan, that really helped to win all those Super Bowls because they didn't have money to have with some other players. And so, I think NFL teams need to kind of put a stop. The ones that are interested in in winning need to put a stop to these salaries for quarterbacks being so outlandish. Well, how did Mahomes get that big deal and it hasn't impacted them at all? He signed like the richest contract in the history of the league not too long ago. Can I tell you how, Dan? It started with like, uh, was it Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo? Mm -hmm. That was really the, 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 the... at that point, Rodgers was paid the most money, mm-hmm. and he deserved it. But then Kirk Cousins comes along and gets like $30 million a year, and then Jimmy Garoppolo comes along and gets like $35 million. I think it was opposite of that. But And then Rodgers had to have his contract up to $40 million a year because he's the diva quarterback of the league, and so on and so forth. And now you have Mahomes tagged as the next GOAT. Well, he deserves his money. Don't get me wrong especially after winning a second championship. But a billion-dollar contract. I'm just saying how – I wonder – I don't understand all the ins and outs of the salary cap. I don't know how Mahomes' deal hasn't adversely affected Kansas City's salary cap so far is what I'm saying. Because they just traded traded Tyreek Hill for a bunch of first-round picks. They're going to rebuild that team with that while they still have Mahomes. Yeah, what they're doing, uh, Dan, is they are – uh, they use a player for a couple of years. They draft well, first of all. And then when the guy's salary starts to get high, they shed him. You know, now uh, Orlando Brown, their left tackle, who is p- perhaps in the top three, wouldn't you say, Nomad, offensive left tackles in the in the league. He is – they're not going to be able to re-sign him because of the cap situation. Will they fra- – do they franchise him? No. I don't think that wow. they – they have the money because the off left offensive tackle franchise uh, fee for this season is like the third highest. I think we're talking about 18 million and they need to free up more than that. Um, and I'm not saying, saying that with any certitude, but that that's what I sort of remember from some of the stuff that I'm reading. The bad things I've read so far is that Barkley and uh, Josh Jacobs will be franchised. If that's the case, do you all want to just bring back David Montgomery then? Yeah, both it looks like Barkley and Jacobs are uh, definitely going to be. I, I frankly, I thought I think we saw our number one running back in Sunday's combine. I really, really do believe that it's going to be Zach Sherbinet or one of those running backs that you can draft early in day three. I think that's going to be the number one running back in this Chicago Bears team, based on what I perceive Ryan Poles is doing with this team. 
you know, what, how he wants to build it with a lot of young players, not signing any veterans who could potentially get hurt and stuff, just having a fresh, brand-new team all growing together. I think the running back of this team was, was uh, practicing out at the Combine Sunday. What do you guys think? Can I tackle, before we go there, can I tackle Mo, Beer, Mo Beerman's statement head on? Sure. Because he, uh, he said that they – he pretty much said that they're going to have a hard time winning anything with his uh, – with that contract that uh, Deshaun Watson has. And to a certain extent, I agree. I also agree – I also think that because of that contract and what they have to pay him – and I believe that he said that he would be willing to slightly restructure his deal a little bit so they can keep some guys. Mm. I think some pieces are going to come loose. They had about a two or three one year window to win a championship with the way that team was built. And and that's the last three years. I think they fucked around with Baker Mayfield a little bit too long and they missed that window. Mm-hmm. I think the big contract that uh, Miles Garrett has, I think, and I've been seeing little bits of stories coming out about Miles Garrett. And that's usually indicative of a guy's about to uh, be subject of a trade or release or something like that. I think Miles Garrett may be somebody to keep an eye on. They have to pay that Watson contract, yeah. Interesting. So, but that that leads to perhaps another small points department about maybe starting over at the quarterback position because Justin Fields is going to come up on his fifth year option after the 2023 season. So they're going to have to pay him 18 to $20 million for that season. And then he might be one of these quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson or give you a better example than Lamar, Dak Prescott. And the reason I come up with this is because today when I was doing some of my research, when Justin Fields came out of college, Lance Zerline over at NFL.com did the uh, player comp to Justin Fields and he listed Dak Prescott. And I'm like, I don't want Dak Prescott on the Bears. Some guy who makes flashy plays but can't take you to the championship? That's not what I want. You know, I'm not going to be satisfied with that. I want a Tom Brady. I want a Tom Brady. Who is the next Tom Brady? Somebody who is going to be selfless and give up money from uh, that he could potentially uh, earn, earn, in, in exchange for rings. That's what I want. And so if if I get the inkling that Justin Fields is going to pull a Lamar Jackson or a Dak Prescott and they're going to eat 25% of the salary cap, I'm going to be concerned about that because i got to build a good team around them. So- I'm just so grateful that we didn't trade for Russell Wilson. Oh, my God. Especially given all the stories out of Denver now, how he – make sure he gets a separate locker room and you know, he's just such a diva that the team doesn't like he was instrumental in getting that coach fired and, and just like, damn man, like the other, his teammates hate him, literally hate him. So Russell's never going to win again because no one wants to play for him or give their fucking soul an effort for a guy that they despise like that. You know, I don't think you have to worry about that with Justin Fields. The kid is raised. Well, you can tell, I mean, he was on a show, what was it, where they were interviewing him where he said he wanted to be a bear, he, he's a bear for life. And uh, Barstool Sports, I think it was. Okay. Like, they were swearing with him, and he wouldn't even swear, you know? 
he knew he could swear he was on a podcast, but he was like, oh, shoot. And he, he was just such a gentleman. He, he's raised really well. I don't think that that kid's going to be. I think that if he it, my inkling tells me that if, 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 if it comes to that, he's going to be for the team. Let's say let's say the Bears draft uh, Jackson Smith Najigba, mm-hmm. you know, and he's his buddy. Mm-hmm. I could see him, you know, wanting to take less to keep him on the team. I, I could see him with his personality being that kind of a guy. I really can. People are going to be so disappointed and upset when we don't get that guy. And the expectations of God, who they think you should get is just going to be, man, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now who you think and I think the Bears should go and grab at what point in the draft or whatever point in the draft is completely different than what they have set up on their board. Mm-hmm. So whoever they don't get, you got to learn right now to be okay with that. Yep. Because they, we are unprofessional. We just pontificate, as Shorty says. We don't know shit. That's they why have, I'm doing my draft stuff live, until later. I don't want to get all upset right now. They live in a completely different universe than us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be able to be willing to understand what's going on, what their way of thinking is, and be able to roll with whatever plan they have. I'm okay with it, but I'm not sure a lot of my compadres are. No, I, I, I feel like I want to expedite the rebuild or I, I'm, I'm resigned to being patient. I'm resigned to it. You're going to keep Justin Fields? That's fine. I believe he can be a great quarterback. I'm not absolutely positive of that. Of that. I'm not absolutely positive he can deliver Super Bowls. I'm not absolutely positive Anthony Richardson can deliver Super Bowls. But I do know this that at this stage of the game, we need to entertain the ideas of getting more assets that will allow us to create, to acquire A1 players, blue chip players, guys that are going to help you win championships. Um, and that's why I wanted to throw that discussion out there. I honestly feel, though, you saw Justin had a lot of moments, a lot of highlight films, uh, you know, if he was putting together like NFL films, if they were doing a profile, like with Steve Sable was still alive, they could do it from his 2022 alone, make a, mm-hmm. an hour highlight tape to sell. Remember in the eighties and he sold VHS tapes from NFL films. Now, my point being It'd be longer than could, an hour, by the way, well, you could sign a couple of guys on the line, just free agents. If you rebuild that line, that's going to make Justin because Justin was running for his life on some of those plays. If they would rebuild the line and just get that done and get it right, and you can do some of that in free agency. I think that's going to elevate Justin's game so much more if you can just give him two more seconds to look for that other receiver so he doesn't have to run. And two then seconds. Who the fuck gets two seconds to throw a football? Two more seconds. Nobody does. Well, he he gets like a half a second, is what I'm saying. Like, just yeah. give him. I'm just saying he can, if you rebuild your line, it's going to make him so much better to get a little bit more help. And then the draft alone, you can get your defensive help too. I don't think it's like, well, if you keep Justin, you're going to be uh, destitute for 10 years, I, especially in our division. If Rodgers gets traded, uh, Cousins at some point is going to be gone in Minnesota. And and Detroit, you know, they could fuck up and, and rush their quarterback out. And they're, they're the Lions. They make a lot of mistakes like we do. So I'm just saying that the division championship isn't that far away. 
And you just build that line. I think Justin's going to be the quarterback we want him to be. I hope so. Oh, the Lions you know also end up with Anthony Richardson. You know why I bring up this subject? is because, you know, everybody knows we're after a three-tech. We need a three-tech. We have to have a dominant three-tech. Got him. Everybody is there. Everybody is there. And we've we've slowly watched – well, I ain't going to say slowly. We The favorite guy to talk about was the guy from Washington. Uh, can't think of his name right now. Deron Payne. Deron Payne. It was the end of the world if we didn't get him. Mm-hmm. Now that's not there. It's still a sign and trade uh, possibility out there. I doubt we go there, but that's still a possibility. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's moved on to Draymond Jones. If we don't get Draymond Jones, it's going to be the end of the world. It's in a lot of people's minds, and you know the guy that everybody's really underestimating. It's only and it's only because he's thirty. It's fucking David Anyamata, who is the best fit, considering what these guys consider for traits, and and you know, he he's the guy. You know more than even uh Draymond Jones. I think David Anyamata is the dude. You know, you just watch the tape. His size and strength. That's that's the thing about Draymond Jones is you know he's a he's a really good penetrator, but he had doesn't have the size and the strength to really hold up in a four three defense. Mm-hmm. You know he's really good and he's really quick, and him him and David Anyamata have similar fucking uh, I mean history. They they, they both have about five or six sacks a year. Same but, thing. No but man, David let me ask Anyamata you this. Is stronger. Let me interrupt and ask you this. So besides that three tech, what's the other next important position the Bears need to get? I think right tackle. Okay. Because I, I got a solution for you. Trey Justin Fields. Trey Justin Fields. So you got Paris Johnson. And you got Anatomy Adamore at the three tech. Plus, on top of that, you got a center. That's going to be a pro bowler. You got Keon White, a defensive lineman. That that can rush the passer, and you got a a, a, a running back who get you. I gotta let y'all tussle while I go piss. <laughs> That's called victory, right there. <laughs> it's called he's not having that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's called fuck you. I gotta go take this. <laughs> well, I just want to point out, going back to my own argument for a second. Yes, sir. That once, and I've said this before. I don't mean to just keep using a, t- a talking point, it, it, but it's true. Like. When the Bears went to the Super Bowl last, again, they signed Roberto Garza from Atlanta, Ruben Brown from Buffalo, and John Tate from Kansas City. They built that line via those free agents and mixed them in with with our guy, uh, our center, that everyone uh, is afraid of over at uh, CHGO, <laughs> all in crew. All in crews. <laughs> yeah, so, but they, they built the line through free agency there. Yeah. And it got, it got done pretty quickly to the point they were in the Super Bowl. Yes, I'm not saying we're going to be in a Super Bowl overnight. I mean, but they can rebuild that line and not have to draft everybody is my point because they've got all that cap space. Just sign the right people like the 05, 06 Bears did there on the line. There there are two theories. You build a line, uh, offensive line through the draft because you then you have control of their salaries over a period of time. If you you can also build your offensive line through free agency, but it's going to be very costly because these guys have been in the pros for a year. They're not going to come at rookie salaries. So that's why I like to build through the draft, because then in their fourth or fifth year, 
that's when you start negotiating their second contract and you got them locked in for a while. You bring in a Mike McGlinchey, who is the right tackle of the San Francisco 49ers and is the best right tackle for this Bears outside zone offense. Then he's going to come at a price tag that could be 15, 16, 17 million dollars a year. That's okay. We got to protect our, our biggest asset, who's number one. I, I like signing him. And again, I say, and I know he didn't have his best season. If you're going to trade down with the Colts, which I don't think they're going to trade up based upon what Chris Ballard said, then maybe you get Quentin Nelson in that trade too. Mm-hmm. And then and then you're cooking. Right. You know, you, you re-sign the two Notre Dame boys there, and you've got your left tackle that you like, and you got your right guard that you like, per se, if he can stay healthy. So let me and, ask and you maybe this. Lucas Patrick at center. I mean, maybe I don't know. Let me ask you this, Dan Aguirre. Would you rather have Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle, who knows this offense? But if you study the tape, a guy gets knocked down on his ass a, uh, a little more often than you would like. Sometimes he looks a little bit more like who's the right tackle we had during the Nagy area? Like Bobby Macy. Sometimes he looks like more like uh, Bobby Macy than. than uh, he couldn't handle the bull rush though. Yeah, well, then that's the part of the problem that I have with McGlinchey. Would you rather have him or would you rather have Paris Johnson? (laughs) But I I honestly think that our guy is Justin Fields, though. I I could be proven to be wrong, though. I'm not going to argue with you on that point. Let's say forget my trade scenario. And so what are you going to do with that first pick of the first round? Of course, we're going to trade back. It'll be either be number two, number four, number nine, potentially number seven. What do you want to do with that, Dan? Well, your Raiders trade could happen independent, according to what you said, of mm-hmm. trading fields. Absolutely. If you can get a trade like that, then, you know, you take it. But like I said, the Colts said that they don't want to trade up on that. I don't think the Texans are going to give you all of that going from two to one. Hell and, no. You've got a couple of quarterbacks now. The Giants are re-signing their guy, uh, who I don't think has been that great, but he had a solid year and won a playoff game, and Daniel Jones, and Carr's going uh, to New Orleans now. So you got a couple of moves there for teams solidifying quarterbacks. So I don't know what this all means, but I don't know who's going to trade up and give us that. But if if Oakland would do that, then, yeah, you take that that deal. And it's it's so funny. Someone just mentioned, mentioned Tunstall. Remember Tunstall? Wasn't he the guy that a couple of years ago that had the marijuana issues when he got drafted? Oh my gosh, he was he didn't have marijuana issues. He, this guy wasn't fucking wearing a gas mask. Right, right. But I'm just saying, maybe, maybe, uh, and he turned out to be a decent player, even though he's been traded already from Miami. But maybe uh, Carter would fall. Would you be opposed to drafting him in say the second round if he were yeah. still there? If Jalen Carter drops to the second round, Nomad, come on. We're taking him and running, right? Fucking yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't ignore any – you can't ignore the tape. The guy's explosive. He's a difference maker. And if you have the structure on your team to be able to facilitate a guy like that and a plan to be able to keep him under wraps until he matures, you have you yourself a stud. If you can get your hands on him and not – draft too high for him right at this point he does have maturity issues obviously but as a person that lived in atlanta for a good while and i'm familiar with what goes on in athens they have a bad fucking culture in athens those dudes get away with a lot of shit 
they've got guys constantly cleaning up behind these guys. And the only problem I have with the Jalen Carter signing is, is he too accustomed to that? Is he too accustomed to it? That's a great fucking point, Nomad. You know, because we, we heard uh, at the Combine, who was it they interviewed from Georgia, the guy that ran like a four-point minus zero three, and he was he started recruiting. He's being interviewed by Stacey Dales. He says, come on over to Georgia. We got a state-of-the-art weight room. We got this. We got that. We got a restaurant in our locker room called Bones. We got this. We got that. And I'm thinking to myself, holy shit. Yeah, they take care of these players down there. <laughs> big time it's 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 worse than you think man anytime and if you look at the uh look at a map atlanta is not really very close to athens man and, and when that stuff is coming out in the streets in atlanta about how the uh culture is in in georgia i mean in athens dude it's not good most of the, if you look around at you know players that have had issues off the field it's a lot going on there. And so to me, Jalen Carter is indicative of the culture there. And so in order to grab a guy like that, you have to have a, 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 a structure in place to be able to facilitate him. You have to have a plan if you're going to draft him. He's got to calm down and understand that this is different. You're not in college anymore. People are not going to be cleaning up behind your motherfucking ass. And you're going to have to understand that you're your own man now. And the decisions that you make will determine what kind of player you will become. J, uh, J2K says, I'm officially in the crowd of taking Carter off my draft board. I think that professionalism is the key factor in success. And this is coming from someone who wanted Pickens with all the rumors about him. I want to ask you, Mr. Shorty, because I, I went through this in my head. And now I'm not, I don't want to be one of those guys that rushes to judgment. All of the information has to come in. But after my investigators and, and, and legal departments do their investigation. If we find out that he was racing alongside of this other car, saw the car crash, and then he raced off, I'm not drafting him in any round because what he did running away from a potential life-saving situation, maybe, you know, calling. Now, again, I'm just speculating here, but I want to know from you, uh, Mr. Shorty, do you still maybe – consider drafting him if he indeed ran away from a situation that could have he could have at least called for an ambulance right away you're asking me as george mccaskey yes you're asking me as virginia mccaskey mm -hmm. and the answer to that is fuck no they don't they stare away from players like that there there's a certain standard that you have to meet character wise to even become a bear and they try to vet that out of their players as best as they can. Every once in a while, one of them falls through the cracks. But for the most part, I think that they're probably the most diligent team in the league at doing that, at keeping their players out of the spotlight, at, at getting the right character in the building. So they are definitely staring clear of Jalen Carter. I'll tell you that much. As, as much as I know as a Bears fan, this tattoo on my arm. Is that a Confederate flag? can i speak to that from a football standpoint please do the thing that we're looking for from the bears are looking for especially at that position absolute violence absolute you need absolute violence from that position I agree. and he fits that to a t absolutely 
the thing about that 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 player is you don't want to you don't want to shank him for being young. He's young and he does stupid shit. And that situation, the way I've heard it is there was somebody in the car with him that told him, "Hey JC, you get out of here." Jalen Carter, get out. Get the fuck away from this scene and you know, when you're young, you 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 fuck up, you flee. You fuck up and you want to run. I don't want to get in trouble either. And that's natural. You know, guilty, I mean? guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and then if you got a culture around you, the organist the football team and the coaches and the people around him, they're probably telling him, you know what, we, we can keep this quiet, but you know, this is on you. You know what I mean? If it comes up later, this is on you. Don't don't put it back on us. I've been a part of that culture. And that is it's fucked up. It really fucked up that they facilitated a guy and he probably has way more shit going on than what we know about. But at the end of the day, that's young people. I don't think you should not draft this guy because of an infraction or two. I think you you embrace a guy like that and you and you put put a ring around him and let him grow up and become a man. Love the way you put that, Nomad. Dan Aguirre, I go to you. This is Jalen Carter. This guy is Tommy Harris walking in to camp. Right, and, uninjured Tommy. Right, exactly. And and much more ceiling to be even better than the great Tommy And Harris. we can nickname him Chappaquiddick. <laughs> <laughs> Chappaquiddick Harris. <laughs> what what uh, do you think? Are you taking I, him? I go for him. I go for him, especially if he, if he falls – I mean, you don't want to like take him now first or second overall, but if for some reason you trade down, even if it's mid late first round, then yeah, I'm okay with, with taking him like for everything that's been said about him. And if, if you take a guy that's quote unquote troubled in his youth, then that's what your coaches get paid for. Then, you know, you help him along the way. Some guys need more attention than others, you know? And I mean, look, look at Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis allegedly helped commit murder. Where's the white bloody suit, Ray? And and no one even talks about that anymore. He's in the Hall of Fame and, and talks about Jesus all the time. And everyone forgets he rolled over on all of his friends and allegedly was a part of a murder. So my point is not to say something uh, to shock or anything, but that's a, a, a premier player. And, and the Ravens stuck with him. And maybe they should have, you know, because look, it led to Super Bowls, two Super Bowls. So maybe drafting a kid that got in trouble in college, you can coach him up and he won't necessarily do that in the pros is what I'm saying. Just, to, Aguirre, just to correct, just to make myself clear though, I would draft him if we got a chance to get him later somewhere, but I just don't personally think that the McCaskey family would. That's all. I, I just want to say if youth and stupid youth and dumb and stupidity was a crime, I'd be doing two life sentences by now. <laughs> I was young, dumb, and I did all that shit, man, probably more than him. You know what I mean? So, so I mean, you have to give people time to grow up and realize what their priorities are. Put what's first first, and that's being a football player, which is paying you, and put everything behind that. All the silly shit that you liked to do when you were in college and you were unable to do while you were in college, put that shit to the side. You're not getting away with that here. You're going to be a man, and that's what it's, that's what it's going to be when you're going to be a Chicago Bear. Surprise, motherfucker. Lance Briggs had a car crash and left the scene. Yeah. With the I, think, I think you have the guys in place to put it, put it down for him. 
Oh, you know, I, I, everybody's making great, great points here. And what the moral, you know, answer is, what the business decision is, is, you know, it's all debatable. And that's why I love doing this show to get the diverse opinions. Now, I want to change subjects because this is also going to bring in some diverse disagreements, perhaps, maybe not. But I put together a list, and this is not a comprehensive list, and I'm hoping people in the chat room and and everyone here in the bar room can add to this or subtract from this. But here are the teams that over the last two weeks are cutting people or expected to cut some big names and so the question is, is should the Bears consider any of these people? You know, we start with Derrick Henry. The oh, running- my God. I want to come in my fucking pants. If you, I knew. You get, I knew if you were going to Derrick Henry, then I don't give a fuck if he's the highest paid running back in the league when you sign him and you say, well, you're not supposed to do that in a rebuild. Yes, I don't care. That man is a horse. I that swear man, to God, I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> that man can give us 200 yards a game. And you combine that with our quarterback that can run, too, if he needs to. Oh, my God. If you can get Derrick Henry, that, I mean, I, I would sell that, my man. asshole for Derrick Henry. Fuck that, man. Dan. Let's get Leonard Floyd, Khalil Mack, and Allen Robinson back. <laughs> I don't want Allen Robinson back. I can tell you that. <laughs> Leonard Floyd, like, we, it's, I feel like coaching <laughs> let him down, like, with the Bears. I'm with you. And Khalil, I, I, you know, I think he was always overrated here in terms of the, the amount of money he was paying. But if he would come back like in a veteran friendly, team friendly deal, then his leadership would be invaluable. Uh, but yeah, to me, Derrick Henry, if you can get Derrick Henry, or even Fournette, man, I wanted Fournette when Jacksonville cut him. Uh, he's a tough guy in terms of, but Derrick Henry's in another stratosphere, in my opinion. That that's who we go after. But. You know, maybe Frank Clark's there too could help out, but I, I like Derrick Henry. All right, I you know love it. I know. You know what? I, I love. Know we got disagreements coming. <laughs> I, you know what, Derrick Henry. I, I'm, I'm so jaded when it comes to him because his his ability. Anytime you have a guy that's pretty much averaging 1,500 yards a year, you have to, you better strongly consider putting that motherfucker on your team. Period. Yeah. And but the thing I had my my beef with him is he doesn't as big as he is he does not run behind his pant pads and he's not a physical back he's not he tiptoes a whole lot and that shit irritates me and that's just me personally but overall as a running back he is a nuclear weapon absolutely a nuclear weapon these first what is that five guys you got up here every last one of them can help us. Including uh, number two on the other side, uh, Eric Hendricks. Kendricks, those guys can can fucking play, and they can help us every last one of them. Derrick Henry is long in the tooth, though, and he's he's now starting long to get in the tooth. tooth. How do you think he is? He's going on thirty. Going on thirty? How? What's that age? Well, isn't he thirty or thirty-one, Derrick Henry? I don't think he's that old. Let me uh, do a little quick search here. There's a machine we call Google, and it will uh, provide us with the answer. The answer. 29 years old. He'll be 30 in January. Thank you. Let's roll, baby. Let me point out. That's when Bears history running backs, though. You don't you don't want a, a running back who was now injured last in his last season going on 30. You don't want to pay that guy. Well, let me point out that uh, if you look up on Google, it'll say that Walter. Was thirty one when we won the Super Bowl, but we know 
from Jeff Perlman's book, he was actually 32. And he was still dominant in 85 at 32. Now, I know Walter is Walter, but still, what I'm saying is if you could sign Derrick Henry, and even if he just matched that at 29, 30, 31, 32, that's a four-year deal. Hey, I mean, go. (laughs) So I'm saying everyone's not Walter, but I'm just saying if he could perform to just 32, then he's worth your four-year contract. If it's about if it's about improving our roster, every last one of these first five, Eric Kendricks can help us. Maybe even Frank Clark. He's a little bit older, but he can also help us. But it's if it's about improving the roster, getting these guys at a price that you can afford, every last one of these motherfuckers can help us. Except Allen Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he can help too, man. There's nothing about Allen Robinson that's different than when, when we had him. No, Allen Robinson actually played well for us. Leonard Floyd would come back and be Leonard Floyd again. Do you all not remember the game against Detroit a few years ago where they came back and beat us because Allen Robinson ran out of bounds instead of getting the first down and fourth down? I, I, I tried to forget that, that, but thank you. <laughs> And what did he do with the Rams? I kept hearing in the offseason, oh, he's going to ball out with the Rams. He didn't do shit with the Rams. 300 yards. He he took off his last year with the Bears. I mean, look, he may be a great guy with charity and stuff. I don't want to besmirch his character or anything, but I think he's done. I don't think so. I I think every last one of these guys can help us, besides Taylor Luan, Michael Brockers, and that's that's about it. The rest of these guys can help us. I mean, we, we're talking about strictly talking about improving the roster. The talent on this on this page here that we're looking at, there is no doubting that all of these guys can help us. You know, you know what Every I feel like month. I'm looking at here. I feel like I'm looking at the free agent signings for the Chiefs because that's what a team that's like loaded, ready to go to the Super Bowl, does. What, yeah, they, they they just they'll go after like an Allen Robinson, maybe a Khalil Mack. They could even go after a Derrick Henry or a Leonard well, Fournette. They got that tailback that number one. He's yeah, a fucking beast. One. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, Kansas City's already got their running back. I think, in my opinion, like I said, the guy that's num- number one, Johnny uh, Pacheco. Uh, that fucking guy. He, he's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so I, I don't think they would go after Henry myself. What I mean though is the teams that are lo- that are ready to go for a Super Bowl, they're typically typically the ones that go and sign these older veterans to no, bring them on because they're like the missing piece of an older veteran that can mesh well with a team that's ready to go. Yeah. These aren't someone that half of these, most of these aren't someone I think the Bears should actually sign. Maybe Robert Woods, give him a the, the wide receiver core, like a veteran presence. Maybe Derrick Henry to your guys's Oh my God. Break out the checkbook. You got the most salary cap in the league. Let's Maybe use some of Hendricks, but after that, I didn't Greg Gabriel say that Taylor Lewan was thinking about retiring. So I don't want anything to do yes. with that. Taylor is uh, considering. Taylor basically said, "I want to come back to the Titans, or I, I'm, I'll consider retiring." Yeah. So, although you want to hear two two wild cards, one I will circle as maybe a wild card, but one definite wild card on here, sure. and you have to pull up his measurables, look at his his traits. But okay. Bud Dupree fits. Bud Dupree does fit. He, to be honest with you, he's the only guy that I would consider from this list. But 
only like under a one or two year contract because he's got to he's got to prove himself. He's six foot four, two hundred and sixty seven pounds. He was re- released a day ago by the Tennessee Titans. He is thirty years old, so you're not going to really sign him to a long term contract. But this team could use a Bud Dupree in the rotation. I agree. You wouldn't want to go after Henry. I would not only because he's 30 years old. Dan, I can find you a really good running back. Not a Derrick Henry because he's he's an outlier. This guy is built like a linebacker but running like the fastest guy on earth. Right. I, I can't find that, but he's 30 years old. So if he wants to come well, He's 29, the, right? Didn't we say he was 29 this that upcoming is season? This that, that is correct. So he'll be 30 in January. So – if he wants to sign for a one-year contract, I would consider that as long as it's not like a, the contracts that are going out to Josh Jacobs. I, I, I'm just. But I don't want... you think Derek would give Fields so much, just some help, man? Because if you're going to, especially in those, oh, or, or is Justin going to keep it, or is he going to give it to Derek? Your your RPO plays. You don't think that that would just immensely help the Bears' offense immediately? Well, first of all, it's going to be Richardson. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> well, okay. Either way, whichever the quarterback is, if for some reason they would make that trade, a guy like Derrick Henry gives you so much credibility in your backfield, it's going to help the quarterback overnight. He does. I just Let me just say this, and I promise I'll shut up because I know I'm talking too much. No, you're not. You know, I'm asking you for real what you think about, like, if, wouldn't that help Fields, though? I think that the plan is go young, baby, go young. And so once you start fucking overstepping that line, it's like, I'm not going to cheat on you, honey, but I'm going to go over here and suck this ghost. That's what you're doing. You're cheating on the plan. You're cheating on the promise. You're cheating. And so you got to stick to your guns and rebuild this team with young players and and manage the money strictly. You you just shouldn't spend $10, $12 million, whatever, on a Derrick Henry. I don't see that. Well, again, I'll play devil's advocate to that and say, again, the Bears were 3-14. and I get it. Terrible, right? They started 2-1, and lost all those games consecutive. But let's not forget, Midway through the year, they could have won like five or six of those games if the if a fumble doesn't go here or there. And if you add Derrick Henry to that with Justin Fields, you're gonna win a lot more of these games that you almost lost. I feel like that's a piece if you draft you get your draft well, you build that line, he immediately helps you with like three or four more victories, assuming Justin stays healthy. But, but I, I'm with I'm with uh Mr. Shorty here. Henry is a guy that you draft as that final piece. We need a running back. You know, we were in the playoffs last year. Now let's take it to the Super Bowl. Henry is that guy, you know, for a team that needs a running back. The Bears are just so far away. I don't want to bring in a a veteran that's going to help Justin for a year or two. I can find a rookie that will do that. I I think I can. With his size and his speed? and Nope. Most of those guys on that list were of that category. Go, they need to go to a team that's ready to win now. I agree. I agree. But when is the last time we had a guy like Derrick Henry? Probably where you, Walter. Where do you guys think Khalil Mack is going to end up? And do you think he, he'll be a Hall of Famer when his career's over? No. Yes, <laughs> yes because no. he's a reputation player. For some reason, everyone powders his balls all the time and pretends he's better than what he really is. But <laughs> – 
if they're at, like Erlacher, Erlacher's the same way. For some reason, we, we had to say Erlacher was better than what he really was. He gets in first ballot. Devin Hester can't get fucking in, which is bullshit. But I think Khalil's like Erlacher. He's, got, he's a reputation player that for some reason we all have to always say he's greater than what he really is. Although, if you put that list back up there. Yes, sir. Um, there, there, there are most, most of these guys, especially the defensive guys, um, like Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, except for Leonard Floyd, uh, mm-hmm. Bud Dupree, Eric Kendricks, and Frank Clark. These are all pitch count guys that you don't want to put out there for three downs every series. Mm-hmm. You put them out there for special situations, and you manage their pitch count, basically is what they are at this point. Khalil Mack, the motherfucker could definitely help us. Come on now. He's he's Khalil Mack. Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack and uh, Bud Dupree are really prototypical three, four guys that n- usually don't have their hands in the dirt. That's the issue most people would run into when discussing those three guys. But can they put their hands in the dirt and get after a quarterback? I believe so. I, I definitely believe so. And for, for those guys, it's about how much you sign them, how many years you sign them for, and how much you're paying them. I think they can definitely fit in rotational situations. I think Khalil Mack's been through too many injuries, and he's too old now to start playing on the defensive line, in my opinion. But that's what he played at uh, with the Chargers. He was a 4-3, uh, uh, three-point stance defensive end. Um, so he he can, you know. I thought didn't he run, they ran the, the the Vic Fangio defense didn't they the three four the three Chargers. fours they don't have their hands in the dirt in the three four typically oh, I'm wrong Mr. Short yeah, yeah. Right. you're right but he only played in the four three with the Raiders for like one year I think he's too old and injury riddled now to like put him on the line mm-hmm. I don't think he's a I don't mm-hmm. think he, he needs to go to another three four defensive team that that's ready to win now I, I, I believe guys go, go ahead please. please. I was going to say I'm belaboring the point, and I know I'm fighting for Henry here, but you remember remember when Jerome Bettis just ran Erlacher out of his fucking cleats in 2005? Yeah. That's who I want. I want a guy like that, and Derrick Henry can do that. Well, and it helps Justin Fields immediately. Uh, let me uh, let me flip it then. Let me ask you another question. Assuming no one field, I'm pretending you're George McCaskey, Aldo. You're Aldo, mm-hmm. McCas- Aldo McCaskey. Aldo <laughs> McCaskey. You won't get me Derrick Henry. What if Arizona would cut? Uh, Hopkins, though, are you gonna are you opposed to me getting Justin this number one wide receiver? I know he's thirty as well, but this motherfucker is a baller, and that immediately helps our wide receiver group. Are you opposed to Hopkins if he's cut? It depends on the deal, how much, for how long. It depends on that. Cut him money wise. Say again. They can cut him money wise. Yeah, he's gonna be really expensive. Traded. Yeah. He's going to be expensive. I I don't think you go there. I think the reason Ryan Poles made the trade for Chase Claypool is because he saw the market for wide receivers. He got sticker shock, and he said, I'd rather trade a high second-round pick for a receiver who could be on the cusp of greatness and won't be a free agent until 2024. I'd rather make that move. I don't think he has his mindset on DeAndre Hopkins at all, at all. Well, well, Aldo, this is why I say all the time, 
I can I can sit here and guesstimate what I think the Bears might do, or I can sit here and I can listen to the words that they say, even the little things that they say. Darius and, Mack. <laughs> and, and, and really read into it. They're uh, looking for they're looking for guys that can move the needle. Can DeAndre Hopkins move the needle? If you can sit here and tell me that DeAndre Hopkins can't move the needle, then I'm listening to you. But right now, I believe if there's a if there's a deal in place that doesn't give Chicago doesn't have to give away too much third or fourth round pick, I'm I'm with that. I don't I don't DeAndre Hopkins can move the needle in my estimation quickly. I'll tell you this, Nomad, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, that the only way DeAndre Hopkins can move the needle for us to become a Super Bowl contender is if we make this trade for Anthony Richards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to hold you down while they beat your ass. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, we got uh, somebody very special, somebody who uh, I had a talk with on the phone today. And when we hung up, he said, I love you, Aldo. And I said, you know what, Johnny Santucci, I love you too. And I want you to bring it tonight on the Bears State of Affairs. I'm going to roll the open, John Santucci, so please wake up. (laughs) (laughs) And when the open is over, you are going to be, there's going to be a close-up of your face on the screen, and then you start. Wait, don't forget, unmute yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, and one more one more question before you hit the open. Since okay. Ladarius Mack was referenced, who would you rather have in the history of the Bears, Ladarius Mack or Casey Erlacher? Oh, that is a no doubt Ladarius Mack. Ladarius Mack. Yeah. I think Casey Erlacher went to prison at one point. Yes, he is out there with uh, Schillinger uh, in Oz for the KKK. <laughs> Sam Hurd got out, though, after 10 years. <laughs> We should re-sign Sam or no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Unmuted and raw. Coming at you. Coming at you. <laughs> Is he cabbage patching? Yes. <laughs> He's Webster Slaughter all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, we had the Billy White Shoes Santucci. <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm here. I'm, I'm full of pontification, so let's ready to roll. I love it. Bears <laughs> state of affairs. Yeah. More pontificating. Here we go. Off season week seven. What's happening, Barfly, as well? Bears fans, Ryan Poles and his Bears personnel staff finished up in Indianapolis as the annual NFL scouting combine came to an end Sunday. The big news after the combine is that Ryan Poles has reportedly talked to more than a few teams regarding trading for the Bears' number one overall pick in the draft. And it was a huge benefit for the Bears that this year's quarterback class really had a great combine. Whether it was C.J. Stroud's passing efficiency, Bryce Young's added weight, Anthony Richardson's amazing athleticism, or Will Levis's arm strength, a lot of teams had to take notice and perhaps think seriously 
about acquiring the Bears draft pick and getting one of those 2023 quarterbacks. Speaking of Will Levis, yeah, crazy Will Levis. He may have heard his draft stock when reports came out that he's health, he's deathly afraid of milk and eats bananas with the peel on. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is how did this stuff come up in conversation? Are these on the standard combine interview question sheet? So, bananas, peel them or no? Or how are you with milk? Deathly afraid or one glass a day? I don't know. Will Levis. <laughs> we got to draft this guy. <laughs> All right, maybe not. Well, regarding that number one overall pick, don't be surprised if a deal is done sooner rather than later. The usual theories about which teams are trading partners are still being talked about. The Texans, Colts, Raiders, and Panthers all covet quarterbacks. However, could the Titans now be in the mix? Might they be considering a reboot with the new quarterback? Would Ryan Poles consider a trade that includes defensive lineman Jeffrey Simmons along with draft capital? I tell you, every day it sounds more and more like it's not a question of if Ryan Poles will trade the number one overall pick, but when. Speaking to Peter King on King's Football Morning in America, Poles told King, I know I can get a 24-1, a 25-1. You're telling me for the next two years I'll have two ones? That's either four really good players or for cruising we could still trade back. Now hold on, hold on, Ryan. Four really good players sounds good to me. Let's not trade away all these picks. I mean, how much trading is too much? I'm hoping this guy doesn't have a draft pick trading addiction. Yeah. Yep. 1-800-TRADER, Poles. Give a... If you need, please call if you need help. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, well, it, is. <laughs> it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be a bare state of affairs without mentioning flaky quarterback Aaron Rodgers at least once. Yeah. Yeah, the end is near for Aaron Rodgers. Could uh Aaron Rodgers finally be leaving Green Bay? Reports are surfacing these days. The Jets are reportedly turning their attention towards signing Rodgers now that Derek Carr has agreed to terms with the New Orleans Saints. Wow. Rogers no longer in the division. Hey, I'm kind of like Bears fan Dan here. I don't want Rogers to leave until we have beaten him enough, killed him enough, danced on his grave a few times, maybe let Dan Aguirre's cat break a tooth on him. I want there to be no, no, no doubt in anybody's mind as to who owns who. I don't want that weasel to get off easy. I don't want the Bears to have to go to New York, play the Jets, for him to say he no longer owns us. I don't want the Bears to go and play any other team with Rodgers at quarterback, and I don't want to see that weirdo in 10 years on TV smoking a blunt and sucking peyote button sands. The Bears never did beat me. We must have vengeance soon, and that is Bears' state of affairs! <laughs> I Can I just say this? <laughs> Anybody that puts mayonnaise in their coffee yes. is a fucking psychopath. Bordering on fucking serial killer. I don't want that motherfucker nowhere near my team. Something's wrong with that dude. Man. <laughs> it would give uh, Bear State of Affairs lots of material, though, no matter. Good Lord, I don't want that <laughs> motherfucker nowhere near my team. Something's wrong with that cat. <laughs> I hope he's trapped. He's gone. Can I just say that I, I, really, to the AFC. I really don't want Aaron Rodgers to retire or get traded or leave the Packers. I, I do want to see Justin Fields take the, the – 
division from him too. I want to see the, the torch get passed. I feel in a way like we were almost robbed of the of the Bulls dynasty by not seeing it passed off to the Lakers, you know, with Kobe Bryant. Even though it was Michael Jordan, as much as I loved that Bulls team, as sure as much as we all did, it would have been nice just to have the closure to see it like, like the torch passed, right? And I would love to see that happen in the north with Justin Fields taking it from Rogers. So I'd rather you know, see Green Bay Tyler, lose for 30 years the way if, if we have. Retires, <laughs> it, 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 to me, it'll almost be like a cop-out if he retires. Oh, I'm going to walk away. I, I, I own you. I'm walking away. No, fucking lose it to us. Let us take it from you, you fuck. If it means that bastard leaves and Green Bay sucks, and I don't want to trash Jordan Love because I do that, and that motherfucker will be good too. But I I will take my chances with Jordan. Get him the fuck out of there. Like, please trade him. I'm sick of him. I don't even want to see him. I don't like to see him play. He's up there with Mahomes. I don't want to watch him play. If he didn't play the Bears, I don't even want to see him. I don't want to think about him. Let him be gone. Let him be and my fucking nightmares forever if that's the case the heck with it yeah and he'll join Favre, go straight to the Favre and his careers are sort of parallel now anyway especially if he goes to new york i don't have all the i don't have all the vitriol for aaron Rodgers as a football player that most people have i'm probably gonna get killed for saying this i don't like aaron Rodgers as a man fat michael fat michael be have a place for you (laughs) No, he liked far. He liked far. Right. Right. As a man, I don't like that guy. As a human, I don't like that guy. What he stands for off the field, I do not like him. But as a football player and the throw of the football, this he's the best I've ever seen. I've never seen a quarterback be able to deliver a ball quite like this dude. This dude is something else, man. And wherever he goes, God bless him. But would I like to kick his motherfucking ass right here, right now, and on Soldier Field? Hell yeah. I want him right here in the NFC North. You pulled this off, Ryan Paul. I'm sorry. The best, the best arm I ever saw. <laughs> best arm I ever saw. Best quarterback I ever saw just throwing the ball is John Elway. <laughs> Without question to me. Some of those throws in the, the Giants Super Bowl when they're down and he's throwing across his body 60 yards, bullets in the fucking air, could run, led led five teams to Super Bowls. To me, Rodgers, like, like Dan likes to always say, Rex Grossman and Aaron both have one NFC championship. Like, to me, the fact – I mean, I know Marino only went to one Super Bowl, so I'm not saying winning's everything. Uh, but to me, Elway was the best pure passer and runner complete quarterback that I ever saw. All right, let's go around the table real quick. Let's all of us pick our quarterback between those two guys, Aaron Rodgers and John Elway. Clearly, Dan just stated John Elway. Nomad, what do you say? Oh, it's it's Rodgers without blinking. Okay. What about you, Tooch? Man, that's a tough call. Uh, Man, I'm kind of on the Elway side. I really liked Elway, but there's not that much separate enough. Yeah. He was clutch, unlike Aaron Rodgers. Mr. Shorty? I think there's some regions, recency bias here, but, <laughs> but it's cool, man. That's fine with me. Um, I, I, I agree with Nomad. I, he, he throws a great ball. His the flick of the wrist, just the way that he changed his throwing mechanics from, from college to now is just fucking astonishing. And he's 
sadly fun to watch because he's a fucking Packer. And it's also nice to know that the at least the Bears are the only team that he can beat in the fucking championship game. So if he played the Bears every year in the championship game, we'd probably be undefe- he'd probably be undefeated against the Bears in that. But uh, I think that I like the argument for Elway because he won the big games, and and that's the only big game that Rodgers can win is against the fucking Bears. He can't beat the fucking Niners. He can't beat the Cowboys in the big games. But he'll beat the Bears. So fuck that guy, Elway. I wonder how we'd feel if if Aaron Rodgers was a Bear. I wonder. Oh. I wonder how that conversation would be. Right, before before we go there, let me just put my vote in. I definitely would pick Aaron Rodgers over John Elway. John Elway was a one trick pony in my mind. Yeah, he had the running skills because he had a, he he was like Jake Allen, you know, big guy with strong arm and so forth. But there, there, I totally agree with Nomad. There is a a ballerina Barishnikov type of artistry to Aaron Rodgers' quarterbacking that I've always, always admired. I, I've written articles about Aaron Rodgers. I don't like him as a person. Person and Nomad again hit that one right under that. I don't like him as a person. I think he should he should go away. But I want to beat his fucking ass so bad because he has embarrassed us time after time with his artistry. And uh, I just think he's a superior quarterback to many, many quarterbacks. And I would actually put him in the top 10 all-time quarterbacks along with Elway. I I, I just think it's a nice I'm afraid you all just didn't like don't remember the games or something. Especially for John is he redefined his game as he got older. He quit running, even though he, when he needed to run in Super Bowl 32, he did. But he was able to throw fucking rockets as a young player and run. And when he got, he was still great older as well. It, let's not forget his last game ever. He was Super Bowl MVP. It went to five Super Bowls, led countless playoff comebacks from behind. And again, you want to talk artistry. Look at some of his throws. He's throwing bullets 70 yards down the field, spirals. Uh, but again, if you all disagree, that's cool. I'm just saying, but man, I think if you went back and like watched the drive against Cleveland or Super Bowl 21 or even 22, even though they get blown out, he throws a fucking 80 yard dime to Ricky Natiel to start the game. Elway was a fucking boss, man. Oh, my, all of that has started to come to me. No, I'm just kidding. My, my favorite yeah. throwing mechanics of any NFL quarterback is probably Aaron Rodgers, but because it is a thing of beauty. But to, to your point, Dan, you just said it. You know, five being, Super Bowls, everything can, else. Can I throw two cents in here? Being a receiver, being a re, being a DB, let me tell you, there's something different about Aaron Rodgers. When the way I mean, in the rhythm and timing of a play and the duration of a play, the way he puts a ball on a guy in perfect fucking stride. I mean, he just pretty much you're you're running Right in the bread basket. 30, yard, 30 yards, 40 yards down the field. Next thing you know, you look up and the ball is on your hip or in your fucking lap. That's something. He's something else, man. He is something else. And I don't give a fuck how bad people feel about him. I feel the same way because he's constantly kicking our ass. But if that guy was a bear and doing all that shit, he'd be on Mount Rushmore. To be and honest, I, I respect him more. That's where he belongs. I, exp- I respect him more for doing ayahuasca. I've done my share fair of mushrooms and shit in my day. Yeah. Like he's in the NFL. He went off on, on an ayahuasca trip and it made him a better person in his own mind. Good for him. 
<laughs> we did, we did, you have to put the thing where I can put my mouth in there. Who was it that said in the chat room? Let's take a look at the numbers. Oh, Bear Truth Nine. Bear Truth Nine always with uh, a great idea, but I do think that the numbers are are can't don't really tell the entire story here. But if we want to look at the numbers, clearly Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback. Fifty nine thousand plus yards passing to fifty one thousand for John Elway. He threw for well over two hundred touchdown passes than John Elway. Numbers wise. There's no contest, Aaron Rodgers. Now, you can make the argument. They're playing in two different eras. They are playing in two different eras. And one guy's clutch leads. Even when they don't go to the Super Bowl, he's still leading drives that constantly bring his team back in two-minute warning situations. He he beat Warren Moon like that a couple times in playoffs. Obviously, Cleveland in 86. I mean, he's clutch. He's fucking clutch. He was clutch to the day he left the field, man. You also can't compare numbers like on paper too, Aldo, because if you look at any of the quarterbacks from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, you know, Joe Montana's numbers were shit compared to quarterbacks now. Elway's were, you know, Marino's. And, Mar- and Montana was a fucking stud too. Yeah, right. But, you know, all the great – Aikman, he's in the Hall of Fame. His quarterback – you know, his best season was like 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. It's a fucking Mitch Trubisky season. So – Things have changed. It's hard to actually judge quarterbacks now on paper as opposed to that. You know, Muck Muck the general, he made a very good point, and I'm sorry for not bringing him in the kind of into the conversation. But hey, Warren Moon was something different too. He did the same kind of things. He laid that ball right onto your yeah, ass, yeah, and and you can run with it in stride. Yeah, he was different too. So did Cunningham, man. Cunningham was awesome. I, I am fascinated by this whole discussion because Dan Aguirre once said this. This is the Rogers sucking dick comment? Of course it is. <laughs> and I, I wish it was the sound. Let me, let me say it to you again. You to suck Aaron Rodgers' dick. Okay. I would be so willing to suck by. Aaron Rodgers' dick. If it okay. led to the Bears winning a Super Bowl, then by God, if I had to be a whore, I'd be a whore. <laughs> So, and if you're willing to suck Aaron Rodgers' stick, what would you be willing to do for John Elway? <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, to Elway, To have El- uh, Elway in his whole career with the Bears? Oh, my God. And the Bears almost drafted Montana, too. At least you remember they could have, and some people were advocating for that on the in the organization. Either one of those guys mm-hmm. changes the whole complexion of the Bears franchise. Mm-hmm. And... I, again, I think Rodgers is one of these guys that's just got this recency bias about how great he is. And he had he had one season where he won the Super Bowl, you know, 13 years ago, and he beat us. I'll give him a standing fucking ovation. Okay. But what's he done since then? He, okay, he had a couple of MVP years, and he fucking shits that's his all. pants. That's all. He shits his pants. He had a couple of MVP. That's and, all. And I'm acknowledging it. But I'm saying when it matters in the playoffs, he loses every time, and his playoff stats are always bad. His always only fucking bad. big wins are against the fucking Bears. All right. Exactly. Fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. What year was it that the Bear, uh, Packers were in the uh, NFC Championship? You're going to talk about the Seattle game, and he yeah. blew he lost a 17-point lead with, like, two minutes to go, and I he loved did. it. I loved it. 
He he didn't. At the end of the day, he got the L as the starting quarterback for the Packers in that playoff loss. He did lose that lead. It, it was the team. You gotta you gotta factor in the fact. Well, look at his last playoff game. His last three or four. We have to yeah. remove Aldo from this fucking show. What is going on right now? <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck. Aldo's out of here. We're done talking about Aaron Rodgers for Christ's sake. Yeah, you know what? For real though, I leave. I leave. For real though, at this point, I think. I'd rather have Favre than Rodgers. I had to piss anyways. <laughs> I think I'd rather have Favre than Rodgers. Now, you take out both of them have character issues, but I would. I think I'd rather have Brett Favre. <laughs> if they're both thir- 25 or both 30 at the same time. I would rather have Brett Favre, too, because he was more of a man. He was more of a manly style quarterback, like the guy that would – he was gritty. You know, he, he would take those big-ass hits, get up, keep playing. And he might have thrown more interceptions, but fuck, he'll win you that big game. So you would take you would take him because of machismo. Well, Brett Favre has more NFC championships than Rex Grossman does. <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> I don't like Brett Favre. Let me just like reply to Stephen there. I, I don't like Favre. I'm just comparing him to Rogers. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I love the argument, too, because it's, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, he does have his greatness to him. But there's a, all the other quarterbacks do, too. You know? Fucking. It, I, oh, don't, I don't understand. He's already better than, than, than Rodgers. I just don't understand. To me, football is one of these, for some reason, people don't remember great players like in baseball you know some of them are lionized even when people don't like them like i was a barry bonds fan but a lot of people hate barry but they still remember the stuff he did like i feel like and i'm talking elway people are like oh i don't know anything about that you know and it's just like what the fuck man but a lot of people just have recency bias i don't mean just us on this show i mean just in life like no one remembers like big games from great players like I wish that I could have seen Jim Brown or Gail Sayers right. or Dick Butkus, and I would be pounding the desk for them, I'm sure, but I'd never got to see them play. Isn't it crazy when you go back and look at the stats, though, how just they're, they're uncomparable to the stats of quarterbacks now? You know, Mitch Trubisky is one of the best quarterbacks that the Bears ever had statistically. He's got, like, three records. One is for like uh, touchdowns. His like touchdown to interception ratio, I think, is one. There's another. You know, it's that we're talking about the Bears, which is insignificant. But you look at the Cowboys and fucking Tony Romo broke all of Troy uh, Troy Aikman's records. So, well, but, but Dallas was running the rock though. They were pounding Emmitt Smith like during those Super Bowl runs. Troy didn't have to throw a lot, but when he did. Alvin Harper and, and Jay Novacek and Michael Irvin were there to make the catches when they were necessary, but usually it was 22 pounding it because they had three or four guys that could that made the Pro Bowl every year up front early on. <laughs> Aldo hates Aaron Rodgers. Not as much as I do. <laughs> Am I welcome back? You, yeah. you are always welcome. <laughs> I was t- for real, although I know, I know for some reason you like Aaron so much in terms of his. No, I'm not trying to be in terms of his his play. 
but I, I, if you both guys are 30 or both guys are 25, whatever, at the same time, I'd rather not, they both have character issues, but I was saying I'd rather have Favre than Rogers. But to like for Eldo, if I were going to put, I hate Brett Favre, I would spell his name phonetically, not how it should be spelled. Cause it's not <laughs> fucking correct. F A R V E. Come on. I agree with you. But you know what? Dan Aguirre asks a fascinating question. If you had to pick one quarterback for your team, who would you pick? Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? That's I'm a taking fascinating Favre. question. Taking Favre, man. Favre is going to run and dive, and yeah, he's going to make stupid throws uh, occasionally because he's always the quote-unquote gunslinger the same way that you know, we always heard about Jay. Uh, but Favre is willing to get his fucking uniform dirty. The one guy is like, you know, he's basically getting a pedicure on the sideline and, and cutting his fingernails and making his throws and doesn't care about anybody else on the team at all. He's a fucking selfish cocksucker is what I'm saying. Whereas <laughs> Favre is a guy that the team, he, he like makes even the backups feel like they're important. Even yeah. though he's an asshole off the field, like, you know, he's, he's, you know, allegedly tied to welfare's rip, you know, I'm not going to deny any of that stuff, but on the field, Favre was a man of the team. Like people liked him. Like Rodgers alienates everybody on his team. How many people have left the the Packers and then talked about how either he was standoffish or a dick or just selfish? And like, look at Greg Jennings, for example. Mm-hmm. That you know, people that like just hate this dude when he's not when they're not you know forced to pretend that they like him because he's a teammate. You've commented a number of times about Aaron Rodgers. Why are you gay? And you've asked that question about him multiple times. <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with anything. Like uh, his proclivities to like men, I swear, has nothing to do with my dislike of him on the field. But I do think here that a lot of what is going on with these discussions is because of this. What we've got here is failure to communicate. For years, because Guns N' Roses sampled that in a song called Civil War. For years, I thought that was a woman until I saw uh, that movie. What's it called again? Uh, Cool uh, Cool Cool Hand Luke. Luke. Yeah, Yeah, doesn't that voice sound like an ugly woman? No. It sounds like an ugly woman to me. What's the actor's name? J.B. Strother, I believe. Uh, He was on the Dukes of Hazzard for many years. It sounds Uh, like a woman's voice. It would like been my principal or something. (laughs) In school. They wants to like whip you or something. (laughs) With a paddle. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's, I'm really turned on right now. <laughs> oh I thought that was a girl voice, like for years, I, like a, a, no, a bad voice. But is yeah. Nomad with us right now? I'm here. <laughs> he's saying these motherfuckers. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared of. I'm scared of Dan Aguirre. I think three years down the line, when the barroom becomes a, a tabletop name, he's gonna get caught on TMZ. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it caught, gets caught with a male hooker. <laughs> a male hooker <laughs> question mark I don't know I'm just bullshit <laughs> must be a West Virginia thing I'm being told by Mo Beerman alright so where were we we were talking about no man what, who would you pick Favre or Rogers man fuck Brett Favre man I'm with he's him a, he's a piece of shit and he's nowhere near the quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is as far as throwing the football is he uh, uh, is he more of a in-game type of I, no no fuck Brett Favre he's nowhere near Aaron Rodgers no 
Uh, Tooch, you want to share an opinion on this subject? Favre or Rogers? Then don't go tell, don't go telling me how this is a tough decision. Oh, oh woe is me. <laughs> tell me what you think. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I, I hate both of them equally, probably. <laughs> uh, man, it. God damn. I, I just don't know. I mean. <laughs> I did it. They, they beat our ass not... so much. I know they beat our ass so many times. Probably at this at this point, it doesn't matter anymore because <laughs> you know, we beat down so hard. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, with, I... with with Favre, uh, we got the even though it wasn't when he wasn't with the Packers, it was with the when he was with the Vikings. I think when Corey Wooten sacked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, one thing I fear is Rogers going somewhere else, and we have to. to to uh, beat him, you know. I, I guess ending his career like Corey Wooden and Brett Favre, my small consolation. But it is it is funny that uh, Rogers is doing all the same things uh, that Favre did <laughs> to him and to the Green Bay Packers organization and yeah. their fans. He's he's just reliving the whole thing, and he really doesn't give a shit about his fans in Green Bay. He doesn't give a shit about the organization, and in fact, I think a lot of what he is doing is motivated by the fact that he hates the Green Bay Packers organization for drafting Jordan Love and disrespecting him and not making him a member of the decision-making group. Which is what Favre felt. Exactly. And so maybe it is the Packers' fault. You know, Um, they picked two big egomaniacs, right? And they failed to recognize that these guys are going to be upset if we make moves without letting them know. I've got a pretty good question. Do you think Aaron Rodgers, you can you can feel how you want to feel about him personally and how you feel about him as a football player, but do you think he has the moxie or will he run into a brick wall with the big city media like a New York or like a Chicago? Do you think that would become an issue? I, I would love to hear all of y'all's response to that. I, I would say yes. So yes to what? I, I, I would say he would – he would fall in if he got into a big city media like that and a big city team. It would it would it would crush him. It would break him. He would be able to handle it. Too much. Man, my first reaction is to say yes, but that dude is so weird and laid back. I don't know. Maybe he might just right. like he doesn't More give Iowa. a crap. Yeah, he doesn't care about the fans. He probably won't care about the media much anymore. It, it seems like the the more this dude plays, the less he like cares about what other people think about him. That's just me. Ayahuasca will do that to you. Yeah. What do you think, Dan Aguirre? I don't think it'll be an issue. If, if, if he gets upset, he'll start being a diva and not talking to the media or something. I could see that. But we do know that he wants roses thrown at his feet 24-7. And maybe in the smaller market – he could receive that in Wisconsin, but you, if he goes to New York, they're less apt to doing that because they've seen great players before versus Wisconsin where, you know, it's a smaller rural area. So I think it'll be tougher on him, but at the end of the day, he's willing to pay fines and shit. If he gets upset, he'll be a diva and then call him out on the Pat McAfee show or whatever, whoever he doesn't like in the press, but I could see him ignoring them and refusing to answer questions and, like Erlacher did in Chicago in 2007. Let's not forget that. 
You know, Nomad, I got to tell you this. I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is one of the smartest guys in the National Football League. I, I wouldn't uh, dispute that. Yeah, if he, if he had an IQ of 160, 170, I would not at all be surprised. This guy is a very smart person, and I also think he's a very selfish person. Evidence of that is now he says he was kidding, but in one of the shows with McAfee, he held up the book uh, uh, written, uh, Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. And that oh. is a book, as Dan Aguirre is uh, uh, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan would be like, oh, yes, yes. Exactly. It's a book about selfishness and, and it's a book about, you know, looking out for yourself first and foremost and forgetting about the common person and so forth. Now, some people can agree with that and disagree with that. I, I don't care. But the fact that Aaron Rodgers, along with his massive intellect, tells me that he would figure out a way to protect himself because that's what he's into. And one of the things that he's doing now is he's playing games with the media and in playing games with the Green Bay fans and playing games with the uh, Green Bay Packers organization because he thinks that's fun. I'm smarter than you, so I'm going to fuck with your mind. He and treats so, his own family that way. He treats his own family that way. You're absolutely right. So the, my opinion, Nomad, is Sounds psychotic. Guy, <laughs> he does a little bit of psychopathic, right? <laughs> I don't know, no man. That's that's my those are my I, thoughts. I think I, I, I do believe what, what Mr. Mr. Shorty has uh, is his opinion, and then we'll uh, wrap that up and move it to Nomad to his recap. What you said in the beginning of that sentence was he's on the Pat McAfee show. That proves his intelligence. He's already working out his own strategy for his media relations by being on this huge he's basically a regular now he's one of only what how many other nfl players are on a show like that that's they might have their own shows i think locally uh, he has his own show things like that but he's like he's going on this big show this national mm -hmm. show and he's speaking his mind all the time he's 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 setting himself up for for him he's protecting himself in the future by doing that right so that's part of his that's part of the strategy like you're talking about aldo that he's intelligent so even before the other part that you were just you were talking about he's on the pat mcafee show you know trying to protect his image before that even gets to that point so yeah it's sociopathic psychopathic <laughs> voice from the past <laughs> or did you guys hear that or was it just me <laughs> nomad, nomad wrap that up please <laughs> he, he is i agree although he is highly highly intelligent i can tell you where that can bite you in the ass too when you when you're in a major city market like that and let's just say they they don't translate all of that to wins that will come back and bite him, and if the the heap of that pressure comes back on him, he can he can spontaneously combust too. Mm -hmm. At the same time, because he thought that he can outsmart these guys and you know rise up to a level which I think he could to shut all those people up. But then if he doesn't, that shit can blow up right in his fucking face. Do I think he's up for the challenge of doing that? I do. But I also see that 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 could really backfire on him. So mm -hmm. him retiring or not, I believe is hinged on that. I uh, I think that's great analysis. Um, I would did love you, to see. Go ahead, Dan. Did you see Saturday? And there's a point to this. I'm not trying to be alienating anyone that's a Republican, but I don't know if you saw uh, 
any of Trump's speech at CPAC, where he basically compared himself to God and said, I, what was his quote? I am your retribution. Like that Messiah complex is how I view Rogers. I think he thinks he's better than everyone. He's the answer for everything. He's smarter than everyone. He, he's like I said, he doesn't even talk to his mom. I mean, to me, he has a Messiah complex and he's very similar to Trump. Do your research. And that's a pun. Good point. <laughs> Good fucking point, Vic Fangio. All right, in the last uh, 15, 20 minutes, I want to talk about a movie that I know Tooch saw, I know Dan Aguirre saw, I saw, and hopefully the other Dan and Nomad have seen. If not, then listen in, because you're going to get a review of a uh, highly nominated movie, Oscars, I think 13 Oscar nominations or something like that. Um, So we want to talk about that. And then... When we're done at around the 10, 25, 10, 30, uh, we'll go to uh, Bear Their Souls Extra with the other Dan, Nomad. And I don't know if Tooch can stick around. I hope that he can for a few minutes, but I understand that he can't if he can't. So let's talk about something somywhere. And what what the hell is the rest of the title? Everything, everything all everywhere, together all at once. once. Okay. E- everything, <laughs> everywhere, all at once. Yeah. All that's right. It. So who... Uh, Go ahead and Tooch, you've seen it. Did you see it re- recently, Tooch? Because I think you actually saw I it. Like saw a it yeah, one of, yeah, like three months ago uh, on the plane on the flight to uh, uh, Taiwan. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you probably had good parts cut out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good movie, man. It's a, it really is. Wild, a, crazy, but good. It's yeah. in many ways I would describe it as a cinematic masterpiece, and it's a very simple story about a woman yeah. who is uh, uh, owns a laundromat. Her and her husband own this yeah. laundromat that is ha- facing financial problems with the IRS. Her husband mm-hmm. is actually trying loves her very much, but there's just so much. Uh, baggage with the relationship because she treats him poorly that he is wants to serve her with divorce papers in mm-hmm. addition to that the woman has a uh a, a, a feelings about her daughter that are tied to her lesbianism she's dating a, a girl her age college age and so forth and she wants nothing to do with that and so yeah. all of these problems are facing this woman and what happens is that the, her husband introduces this multiverse where there are at least nine different universes where she and him are living and they are like totally different characters. So it's a very simple story about family dynamics that is put into a science fiction world, kung fu world, because there's a lot of great kung fucking fu uh, scenes. Uh, and all to arrive at a very simple, and spoiler alert, all, all to arrive at a very simple conclusion, which is we should all just accept the fact that nothing is perfect and really embrace life and love it. Would you agree with me, Dan? I know you saw it just the other day uh, recently. Would you agree with that assessment? Um, I don't view the film as positively as you do. Okay. Uh, the themes are interesting. The themes of uh, nihilism, it, nothing matters. I, being a person that is not necessarily a believer, but I don't consider myself as a non-believer per se. I'm sort of in the middle. But that sort of 
thing resonates with me. I don't want to be negative like that. But if I'm being honest with you, I worry about those kind of things and thinking none of this shit matters. And I'm whenever my eyes close, that's the end of the fucking show. So I worry about that. But like everything you said with the family and the structure like that. And I think one of the other themes with the male and the female was they both kind of felt like they had wasted their youth and their life. They were wasting time in this stagnant relationship. And I think a lot of people that have been married for a long time can probably relate to that. And all of that's cool. Like, I, I like that it's ambitious and, and tries to, like, address all these themes, these dynamics. However, my argument with the film is it's two hours and 20. Look, I have an attention span. I'm good with long movies. But this one was painfully redundant. This two-hour and 20-minute movie could have been an hour and 25 minutes because there's a solid hour of these redundant scenes. It's like, at first I kept thinking, is this going to be like The Matrix or a David Lynch movie? Or they're going to say this woman has uh, mental illness in the end with all these things? And none of them are properly explained. They just, like you said, Kung Fu, well, I'm going to hit this button and I'm going to go to another scene and I'm going to go to another scene and I'm going to go to another scene. And none of those scenes really matter at all. And there's no plot within those scenes. Wang, so you you've got plot at the beginning. Go ahead. Well, I thought you were showing the trailer. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's just full screen while you're talking. Go ahead. Well, it, the volume's on, though. I can see where oh, the it is? story is going. I don't hear it. You guys hear it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It does. Let's remove the volume. Well, I, I just think the plot is revealed at the end. And at the beginning, and all that in the middle is mashed together, and it's a disaster, I think, of just being repetitive. However, I think the editing is unbelievable, and just how everything comes together it, it is good. I'm not saying the film is bad, but like I said, there's a solid hour of stuff you could have taken out and, and came to the same conclusion. I do think uh and tooch uh, you know jump in here after i say this i do think that there is a rhyme and a reason for every single shot in this film but i think it's overdone i agree with you dan that it is about 15 20 minutes at at least uh too long i i think that nine multiverses was well, a little bit overdone and I, I i did struggle at certain times to connect with the movie but then it would bring me back um but i, I agree this is not a flawless movie by any means it is a very ambitious movie with some very provocative thoughts in the film but and it's not a total success, but I also understand why it has become the critics' darling because it is a, a, a challenging. It challenges the viewer to participate in this world that they created. And great movies are about creating different worlds outside of our experiences. What do you think, Tunch? Uh I was typing. I was typing something in the chat room. <laughs> I, I forewarned you I was coming to. Well, I, I know. Can, can, I, can I speak real quick then while Tusha's gathering his thoughts? Please. I, I just think some of those karate scenes could have been cut down as an example. Like I said, they're a lot really repetitive in that regard. And I don't know if there was a payoff in the sense that, like I said, there are a lot of the themes you kind of feel like it's sort of a rip of the Matrix. Maybe, like I said, like a David Lynch thing where it's intentionally trying to confuse you just to because they can or at the end of the day 
was any of this stuff real? Like I said, was it a men mental illness thing? I don't know if any of that's ever resolved. Are these other things real? Yeah. These other yeah. these other they loops. Are. They are because real. at the end, I mean, I'm not trying to like give away the ending, but just say it seems like the catharsis is between two characters, the daughter and the and the the lead uh, lady. And so, does that mean all these other scenes? I don't even know if they're real. Is what I'm saying the explanation. I don't know if it's properly explained. And you could have come to that conclusion without having all those scenes, in my opinion. But I digress, Tooch. Tooch. Uh, you know, for, for I'm 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 between you two guys. You know, I. Uh, <laughs> I I'm kind of like great I, pontificators right now, huh? I'm the only one not <laughs> fucking pontificating tonight. What the fuck? Did you guys did you guys like plot this against me or what? <laughs> well, we we know you've got another hour to do, so we're hoping you you are storing up your energy for the Bears After Hours, Bear Their Souls After Hours show. Tooch, please continue. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I, I kind of uh, in between you two guys. I I, I really uh, for a while I was kind of like, damn, like this is kind of over the top, you know, and. Uh, when uh, listening to Aldo talk of kind of like, you know, maybe I missed some stuff, you know, because uh, I didn't take it seriously enough because when I saw it for the first time, I'm on an airplane, you know, and I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm not really. Yeah. I'm not really uh, uh, focused like I would be like at home, you know, watching sure. a movie with my full attention. But uh, uh, I, I got to say, I couldn't take my eyes off it. And also, uh, I didn't realize that was Jamie Lee Curtis until like a month or two later. Oh, my <laughs> so God. Like, yes. I know the makeup. You know, but uh, yeah, I didn't realize that was her for a while, you know, yep. and good for her. She allowed herself to be filmed in a very unflattering way. And I'm yeah. sure she was wearing a fat suit uh, to show the the flabs of, uh, of belly yeah. that she had. Because I don't think she's that out of shape. In fact, I think she's in very good shape. Uh, yeah. All right. So I want to go to Mr. Shorty and Nomad. Clearly, and I'm, I, I apologize if I'm assuming incorrectly. You guys have not seen this movie, and if you have not, based on what we've talked about, are you interested in seeing it? Mr. Shorty, you first. I have no fucking idea what the name of the movie is because it's too long for me to remember, and I've never heard of it before, and you guys have gone off for like 20 minutes about it. You have pontificated and pontificated upon pontificated the entire <laughs> evening. And I just lost train of thought of what the fuck you were talking about because all I was thinking is that you guys are sitting here pontificating the entire time, I I I I remember I posted I I I uh, uh, when I posted I, uh, I I pitched a show to you Aldo about a, about the pontificators. Well, fuck! I think this is the pontificators right now. This has been the pontificators episode. Well, you're so, absolutely right. Is that a yes? Uh, you son of a bitch! I'm in. <laughs> Well done, Tooch. <laughs> so I mean, geez, I don't. I, I've actually, I've never heard of the movie. Um, Didn't it win Best Picture? No, Oscars are Sunday. Oh, nominated, yeah. Wait, okay. can I write this down? Because I've never heard of it. Well, while you're writing it down, no. can you let me can you let repeat me hear, it while I do? Well, uh, it's got something somewhere. Yeah. Up Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> Exactly. No, Matt, what do you think about this movie? <laughs> Are you going to check it out before the Oscars this Sunday, or will you ever check it out? 
Hell no. no number one, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> number serious. two, number two is a question. Are these people are these people married? Is this a married couple? Yes. The story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's about something. to serve her with divorce papers. Scientists have greatly, scientists have re- recently discovered a food that greatly reduces sex drive. Mm. What is the name of that food? Um, Will uh, Levis's mayonnaise and bananas. A wedding, <laughs> a wedding cake, motherfucker. A wedding cake, I love it. That means that means that means marriage is fuck is fucks people, fucks people up, <laughs> turns motherfuckers into psychopaths. <laughs> that is good <laughs> Cliff I want you to watch that and report back to me because I know Cliff Cliff was a frequent visitor to science fiction and he likes to be challenged by yeah. science fiction movies and so Cliff I think you will like this movie you will mm-hmm. not understand it but I think you will like it <laughs> Aldo, I got a question for you Aldo yeah so yes, do I <laughs> I was going to say, did Jamie Lee and the lead lady, again, the lead lady who happens to be Chinese. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. I, did, I didn't know her name. Uh, were, so were they yeah. supposedly really lesbians together again, or is this just not real in this other realm? Uh, it is in the realm real. where they have hot dog fingers. It, it is real in that realm. That's so weird. In yeah. that realm, not in the realm that we consider uh, existence. So, yeah, I mean... In a movie like this, not everything is going to be answered. You know, there are, you know, it's not going to wrap up everything in a tidy bowl like most Hollywood movies do. And that's part of the challenge. And that's why critics love this movie is because it's open to interpretation. But it is clear, I think, for most viewers what the overall meaning of it is. And that is family loving each other and sticking with each other through thick and thin. I think they could have got there in 90 minutes, though. That's all. <laughs> I, I, I'm but, not arguing with that point. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree gotta, with that either. <laughs> I, I'm going to go real soon. I just want to mention real quickly, uh-huh. and maybe we talk about this, maybe we don't, but man, Chris Rock eviscerated Will Smith. Speaking yes, of the finally, the oh, fucking stand-up here. was un- unbelievable. Do you saw um, it? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Am I wrong? I just saw I want to talk uh, about the, big the, the women. debate about Will Smith. Okay. I just want to talk about big women, Dan Aguirre, and Sally. <laughs> Sally like, that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't uh, bother although, uh, although you and I are at the age where um, things like, you know, the beauty of life and family are. Uh, something to be celebrated and cherished and that's why I'm kind of uh, you know I have I, I can see your point of view and see Dan's point of view at the same time but uh, movies that are uh, reaffirm that kind of uh, sentiment have always been you know near and dear to me yeah you know here's uh, very quickly here and and Dan I'd like your opinion on the standard choir Fuck you, the other Dan. We're pontificating. This is the pontificators episode, okay? The pontificating tonight <laughs> is like. Oh, oh, I'm getting something ready. Pontificate away because I'm getting something ready, motherfucker. There you go. <laughs> this is the best pontificator bear show on the on the planet. Uh, the absolute best. <laughs> so, uh, oh no, UFOs! Oh, pontificate shit. that fucking UFO right there. 
What is that? Pontificate away on that motherfucker. Is that Will Smith after uh, Chris Rock got done with him? (laughs) That is the uh, pit bull. They pulled him and then they beat him. (laughs) Here's what I was going to ask Dan Aguirre is do that. I've always thought, and I I don't, nothing that you have said has dissuaded me from this thought that I've had about you is that you are a cinephile. You like to discover new movies from different oh, yeah. countries, different genres, different sure. approaches. And so this, I'm, I'm happy that you saw this and you have your own opinion to it. This falls into that category of something out of the ordinary, right? Yeah, I, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I liked it. I just, like I said, I didn't love it, if, if that makes any sense. I think it's an okay film. The themes, once more, the themes, I like those themes the same way Tooch was talking about. I just think that it did. It went around the long fucking road to get there when they could have taken the interstate. They took some back ass roads, is what I'm saying, to get to the. It was very, very repetitive to me. Yeah. But that's not to take away from it. Yeah. It, 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 and the other Dan, I think, would like some of that shit if he were uh, getting high and, and watching it. It feels like an acid trip. Not, not that I've ever been on acid, but it, it it's. It goes so quickly without a plot from one scene to another, just over and over and over and over. It feels like someone without an attention span or on drugs or something. I do agree with you on that. And it's funny because the editor of that movie is getting nominated and highly acclaimed. But I just felt like eh, this could have been the editor should have gone to the directors. And I say directors because it was directed by two guys named Daniel Blank. And they call themselves the Daniels. So the editor should have gone to the Daniels and said, okay, guys, please put your dicks away and let's cut some of this shit out because it's the way too fucking redundant. I totally agree with you on that. And by the way, HR, uh, he is the executive director of our human resources department. He, he wants to see a show here called Big Women, Dan Aguirre, and Cellulite. <laughs> That was like five minutes ago, HR. Keep up. (laughs) Me, Dan Aguirre, and a couple of big bras with some dents in their head. Uh, You guys want to pontificate my alien since you're. Oh! (laughs) What is that? So you. Alien, he saw. Were you not part of this, uh, Tooch? So I saw this. He was here, but he was batting. I'll make it very quick for you, Tooch. My wife and I both saw this. It, it was on a Friday night up in northern Georgia camping. It came on a Friday night at 945. Then it came on Saturday night yeah. at 955. Then it came back a second time that Saturday at, at 1005. And it was about mm. the size of a helicopter. It was, it was about as high as a helicopter. And it was about the size of a dime if you were to hold it up as high as you could. And it was the size. It was like a glowing ember from a fire. And it, it moved about the, about the speed of a helicopter and then it, it went the third time that we saw it, it went right above us. And then it went, it, it formed a cloud. It went straight up into the cloud. Mm-hmm. And then the cloud, it, it, it formed an aura around it because it's, it's a glowing orange. Oh my God, who the hell cares? And then it went straight up into the cloud. <laughs> and then the cloud disappeared and then it disappeared. And if you look at that, look, do you see the cube in the center? Look at the cube. Yeah. See the cube right here? It's uh yeah. There's like it's a uh it's a Chinese spy balloon, looks like <laughs> <laughs> that's what it that's what it was. 
the other day. It was yeah. a Chinese spy balloon. Well, did you didn't you guys see the the new stuff that came out that the that the classified uh, shit that came out about uh the the glowing or it was it wasn't a glowing orb. It was just like a silver orb. There's a there's a military shot of that just hovering above a city. The military released it. They de they de they declassified mm. it. It's a silver orb, which would be that if it wasn't glowing. And it was just hanging above mm. a conflict zone, which I think was Ohio after the train wreck that like had that whole disaster. But it's been declassified. So since we're Is that the next tech? <laughs> I got a question for everybody. Does Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Green look like Barney Rubble? <laughs> she looks like fucking Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. <laughs> you should show them side by side. Here he come. Where is Barney Rubble on the machine? <laughs> she is Neanderthalish. God damn no it, she is one ugly bitch. I'm sorry. She is one ugly bitch. That bitch is a mad ball. Her husband never is like, oh, man, I got to go to bed next to you. Hey, leave that man. Hey, alone, man. Oh, hey, good for him. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. <laughs> he left her, didn't he? Good for him. <laughs> they, they're going through a divorce, aren't they, Danny Guire? I, I don't know. I just know she's always like, Boo, boo, Joe Biden, boo. <laughs> that is an ugly broad, man. No, let's not talk about how ugly she is. <laughs> yeah, I just think she looks like Barney. <clears throat> I'm not saying she's ugly. I'm saying she looks like Barney. She's oh, in yeah. shape. She's really in shape. I'll give her that. Sure. She looks yeah. like Barney, though. She's not the say. dinosaur, the Flintstone. <laughs> Disgust me. <laughs> uh, all right. So, should we move on? I don't know if I can from that. <laughs> Let me see if I can get some pictures up. Hold on. Because oh. people don't know who Marjorie Taylor Green is, and they may not even know who Mar or uh, who uh, what's her name is. So here is, of course, um some for ugliness. <laughs> the revenge of the cave people. <laughs> There's Barney. <laughs> <laughs> Range of the cave people. That's an ugly motherfucker. If I ever seen him, <laughs> I'd fuck him before her. <laughs> God, damn, she fucked up. Oh man, you guys are that mean, mouth man. on her, man. Oh God, no! Put oh, it back up. Put that motherfucker off the screen. God, no! Oh God, no! God damn. Ugh. Dan Aguirre. Not a she good looks picture. like Barney. <laughs> that bitch will eat a mango. Just right one bite. I apologize for saying the B word. I didn't mean that. But. That's all right. But you will. You do need to put a dollar in the jar, though. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. See, gentlemen, I got to bounce, man. I'm that sorry. Jar is getting pretty full. Wait a minute, Dan. Before you go, uh, we need a prediction. Okay. Are the Bears? Going to trade Justin Fields. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the history of the Bears probably says yes, but I certainly hope not. Yeah. Uh, I'm out of here too. Uh, Johnny Santucci. Hold on. Yeah. 
I, I'm dead tired, but I got to tell you, although I do have one movie for you. Okay, please, come on. Because uh, you enjoy uh, movies like Guy Ritchie's uh, British crime dramas, The Gentleman, oh. uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke, and Barrels, and Snatch. Oh, well, there. Uh, I saw a movie the other day. I, I, I it's, it's on Amazon Prime. I saw like a, a little preview for it and stuff, and I was like, "That's looks pretty good." Okay. And uh, it was like a Guy Ritchie cr- London crime drama, okay. and it stars Scott Adkins, who I always thought was American because he's kind of has been doing these Hollywood martial arts B movies. Okay, but this he's British, and this movie's like perfect for him. He plays uh, a former boxer, and his brother's like this crime boss, his older brother. And uh, he wants to borrow money to get a gym, a boxing gym. And his brother's like, I don't loan money to relatives, blah, blah, blah. And But you got to do this job for me. He gets, he fucks up the job, ends up in prison where he's turned into a complete monster because he fights with everybody. You know, he's like a martial arts. He's got the best fight scenes. And uh, it's called Avengement, which is like the stupidest name ever. I don't even think that's a word. But the movie is fucking good, man. So uh, he... he He's in prison. He keeps fighting, and his sentence keeps getting like extended, extended. Uh, he he kicks a lot of ass. His teeth get knocked out. They give him these metal teeth. Someone throws acid oh, in his face. Comes out of prison. And nobody recognizes him. He's out for revenge. It's fucking kick ass. So, but you you like it's, uh, I like the sound of it. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to look for it. It's called it's Avengement. Called there's Avengement. not a boring. There's not a boring moment in the. It's it's kind of has that. Uh, the British gangster sense of humor too and stuff and like in Snatch, I and, love it. Uh, 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 lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, and uh, it's called Avengement with Scott Adkins. And uh, yeah, there's not there's nobody. I think he's the star. There's some British uh, uh, B movie actors that Steve and me would probably know. But I, I real quickly because I know <laughs> Dan Aguirre's got to go. Dan, yeah. uh, uh, any news uh, lately on uh, you know? That intimate part of your life. Oh, <laughs> Dan Aguirre, are you there? Oh, uh... Dan Aguirre. Ah, oh, he's gone. Just took off. Jeez. <laughs> you heard him you go. Sure? Oh, then he left. <laughs> <laughs> I would be willing to suck Aaron Rodgers' dick. <laughs> I would be willing. There was a little bit there. <laughs> Clearly, he's in the. <laughs> Cuddling. <laughs> All right, guys. I, I think I came in at the wrong time. I heard something about a dildo as soon as I am. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say before you leave. I think he's guys, back. Ah, I think he is. Both of you, I, I have to say, I have to. I, I really appreciate the pontification tonight. Well, thank you very much. We are. We do bring it every once in a while. The pontification is within <laughs> us. It's in us. It's in us all. <laughs> Yeah, we don't, I, we don't I, want you on, on an island. <laughs> I have a, a one more thing too, although I was uh, okay. uh, when I when I went to the Philippines, my wife had a wedding for her family and stuff, you know. Okay, that can we I had, take a, uh, a, a pee break while you're doing? Yeah, this? yeah. Go ahead. This is just for Aldo. Fuck you. No, uh, you can rewind later. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, uh, my wife, you know, he, she had this beautiful wedding, you know, planned and stuff. It kind of it was a little bit of a surprise for me and whatnot. And uh, we had, you know, wedding videographer, photographer. My wife has been like working for quite a while on her video my album, photo, and video. 
and nice. music and everything like that. And uh, I finally got to watch it, you know, because she's been working out so hard and stuff. And I got to tell you, it had like, you know, like our whole relationship in pictures, you know, from early on in our relationship and family members and the curls, you know, and, and every, everything and the wedding and everything. I got so cheery and I was like, I am so lucky. Although so, you are a very lucky, but, man. you know, when you got me uh, going on the family and the marriage and life and stuff like that, I thought of this, but uh, uh, you know, for a while I was kind of like, I haven't had time to watch it, honey. I'm sorry. But then I finally did. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Anybody's ever done for me. Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> you know, Tooch, can I recommend that you and your, because I'm assuming your wife also saw it everything everywhere uh, on the plane with you. You know, I think we watch at different times, though. Okay, I would uh, I would suggest you guys watch that movie together yeah. because you know, I would that, like to watch it again. Yeah, I told my wife, yeah. you know, I I saw it last night. You know, she mm -hmm. goes to bed like at nine p.m. So you know, I watch a movie and then I jerk off yeah. and then I go to bed. Um, <laughs> so I I told her I would love to watch this movie with you, and that way, you know, I'll pay a little closer attention to all the things. But I do got to warn you, this is you know a very challenging movie to see uh for a lot of reasons that yeah. dan aguirre said um so I, i'm gonna see it again with my wife i think you should see it too it, it yeah bring out some good conversations definitely, definitely. i uh right. i ended up watching men men with her yeah. that was the last watch was men men oh I, and i still haven't seen it <laughs> oh my god that's the uh so uh, weird the director yeah, alex son. garland uh, oh, okay. The Annihilation and uh, Ex Machina, dude. And it's the weird one of the weirdest movies you'll see if you watch it. One dude plays like five different roles of weirdos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you want to know? Uh, she you she know did what like Avengement, though. You want to know what I've learned in relationships? I don't have a wedding ring like you guys do. But one thing I've learned with with uh, <laughs> relationships is. When a man when a man talks, it's not a conversation. It turns into a filibuster. <laughs> That's just all it is to it. That's just all it is to it. Be prepared. Oh well, Be your prepared. words your words of wisdom are uh, some of the same words that I've shared, but have rarely adhered to. <laughs> With that, I will turn it back over. Oh, uh, the other Dan is yeah, still taking. We, we need to wait until uh, uh, yeah, till the other Dan comes back. No, let's just Nomad go solo. Give it Nomad to Nomad solo? Yeah. Give it to me. You ready? Do it. All right, brother. Let's uh, say goodbye. Johnny Santucci, say goodbye real quick. So All right. we want to give Nomad his time. Like to, uh, thank the Barflies uh, for another great chat room. <laughs> it was hilarious. There you there go. go. <laughs> I love and, it. Uh, and then... Uh, 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 Nomad, uh, uh, for the, the all the clips you and Shorty did at the end of last week's show, I want to thank you two guys. Uh, it got me into that uh, Oregon cornerback that Nomad had. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, this guy's yeah, freaking awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. you talking about Brenton, Brent, Bennett Williams? The, the one that uh, was one of the first ones you were going over. Yeah. Uh, the or Oregon that? defensive back. Uh, it looked, good. looked pretty good in the Bears uniform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and then Aldo for doing all the work behind the scenes. Oh, I love you, Tooch. You're like a brother. <laughs> You're like the brother I keep hanging up on every time he calls. <laughs>
turning it over to Nomad and the other Dan. But Nomad's going to get the first five minutes by himself because we promised him. All right. Unfortunately, I do not have the video that I was looking for this week because we had we had an issue. I think Aldo got flagged because of the issue, the uh, video that we produced last week. And that on YouTube is a problem. Right. So you can't you can't put video up there that is not getting past copyright. So we don't have video this week that I know of. And so all we can do is talk about names. Mr. Shorty, do you have any names that I gave you this week that you can remember? Get your mic on, man. You you muted. I'm glad I was I'm glad I was muted because yes, I do. Because I I said the opposite before. No, I I actually don't, my friend. I'm sorry. You, you gave don't. me a list. I've been really busy. I haven't looked at them yet. But I did pay attention to the combine. So based on some of those numbers, I, I could talk about that. To be honest with you. Okay, so I got to fly by the seat of my pants. And what I told you guys last week is I would study running backs and I would study receivers because we went so heavy into defense last week that I felt guilty. And what I can remember off of the things I told Mr. Shorty and Aldo is – Number one is Kendra Miller, running back from TCU. Yeah, well, he's yes. the most special running back of all these guys in the draft. Yes, I agree with you on that. We have talked about that. He is special for sure. Where do you see him going though? Well, you know what? I can't. I can't really say where I think he 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 should go because I don't. I don't know where people value him on their trade. I mean, on their uh, draft list. I don't know. You know, I I just know when I, when I see special juice, I see Kendra Miller. I see uh, the running back from uh, Alabama. I can't think of his name right now. I see Tajay Spears. I see a running back from Louisiana. I see a few other guys. Israel Abaconda from Pittsburgh. That, that guy right there. All he does is get touchdowns. That's all he does is gets touchdowns. Kendra Miller, right here. Yeah, let's go back to him right now. Instead of showing videos, let's just talk about the player itself, uh, themselves. So, let's see. I'm trying to find his combine. Let's see. Let me pull that out while I find while I find his combine. Keep talking. All I, I can tell you about it with him is he's he's uh I think he's the best running back in the draft after studying everybody. There's a few guys that come up right beneath him, but I think he has a special shit that the NFL crowd will really respect once he's in the league and he's ripping up fucking defenses. Kendra Miller is the guy that nobody's really talking about because he didn't have, I guess, the breakaway numbers that would make everybody talk about him. But he's the dude. 
He is the dude. He, to me, he's the creme de la creme of the running backs, and everybody falls beneath him. And that's just what I saw on tape. Was he at the combine? He was invited, but I don't think he performed. That's why I can't find him there. Okay. Yeah, you got to go back. You got to go to his college tape if you want to find some. Which we have done before. But there's a lot of players that are not doing the combine now, which does make sense. If you're a higher ranked player or if you have a slight injury or if you know where you're set, if, if your agent tells you, you know where you're where you stand, it makes sense to not join the combine, right? Shout out to Andrew Voorhees, who got injured during the uh, combine. I think he messed up an ACL. And that's the that's the risk that you take when you agree to come to the combine and put your body at risk to all of those high-impact drills and those performances that everybody's looking for, everybody's entertained by. It's a big fucking risk. Right. And I can understand why people just refuse to participate in it. I don't give a fuck who it is from a, a nose tackle to a quarterback. I don't give a fuck who it is. If a person chose not to participate in this event, do not shit on that person. Right. It's a real serious risk to put your body on the line and, and participate in something like this. It's, I hate it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. Because you're coming from the player's perspective. You, you've talked about this before. You're very sympathetic to the players. So I can understand that. Who's next? Let me pull up somebody else. PJ up there. He did his homework on uh, Pokey Wilson. Nice. Let's pull him up here. I'd like to know what PJ came away with. You will find out tomorrow on the open mic night. Well, I mean, look, we can say we, we can talk about a lot of stuff on the open mic, but Pokey Wilson is one of those guys. I feel like he probably got slapped in the face. He didn't get, he didn't even get invited to the combine. I don't know what it is about Pokey Wilson, whether he is a personality type that doesn't get along well with uh personnel or whatever whatever it is i don't know what the fuck's going on with him but it's a slap in the face that he he wasn't even invited to the fucking combine there's several guys but he is one in particular that i thought that you know when he gets the opportunity he's going to be really pissed and, and he's going to be willing to prove that you fucked up by not inviting me to the combine and i can't wait for it I'm going to go back to that list and find it now. The list that you gave. <clears throat> okay. I think I've got it. Okay. Yep. Pokey Wilson. Jadikas Bonds, wide receiver from Hampton. Jadikas. Jadikas. Yep. Sorry. Read what, other, what else you got on there. Jared Wayne, wide receiver Pitt. Josh mm -hmm. Mann, wide receiver South Carolina. Isaiah, w so you were focusing on uh, offense in particular this time because you've been focusing on defense prior. So 
uh, Isaiah Winstead, wide receiver, Eastern Carolina, three East Carolina, Matt Landers, wide receiver, Arkansas. Stop right there. Pull okay. him up. Who? Matt Landers? Mm hmm. He was at the combine. Okay. Ran a 4 3. And look and see how big he is. All right, so let's see. Exactly. Let me, let me pull him up here. Let me zoom in. He's six, more 6'5 than he is 6'4. 6'4, 200 pounds. Let me back out a little bit. Prospect grade 5.87, arms. 32 and a half, hand, nine and a quarter. Nice. Four, three, seven, 40. 37 inch vertical jump, 10 inch broad jump. Nice numbers. 10 yard split. Not familiar with that, but that's, I don't know. That, that seems pretty good. <laughs> when, when you watch this cat on tape, the first thing that's going to stand out to you is is his size. He's huge. He's more 6'5 than he is 6'4. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't know about him, and, you know, actually, I seen it on tape, but it, it only, like, sparked here and there was the speed because they use him as a possession receiver so many times. But after watching him in the combine and watching that long speed, I see now that he's underutilized. They should have used him to take the top off the defense way more than they did. That dude right there is a secret fucking weapon. If you can get your hands on a, a guy that big, 6'5", get, get out of here. That can run that fast? Mm -hmm. He's something else. He is something else. He's one of those receivers that, I, receivers that I circled. And I said to myself, this dude right here, it's somebody you need to keep your eye on moving forward. Wherever he gets drafted at, at whatever round, keep your eye on that dude. He's got all of the traits. I want to pose a question to you and to chat. And I'm going to pose this question tomorrow night on open mic night, which, by the way, we're going to have PJ again, J2K, uh, Luke. I forgot his last name. Uh, we're going to have Triple R. Um, there's somebody else. Oh, Sam Rush is going to join us from chat. So it's going to be a great show tomorrow night on open mic. And I think just as a side note, we're going to do a little mock draft and have everyone in chat pick. It has to be like uh, not unanimous, but it has to be overwhelming that the people in chat agree that this is what we do. And then we do that in the mock draft. And let, let's see what happens. So that's for tomorrow night on open mic. I would, love to do, I would love to do my own first and then let them do theirs. Well, I, well my, the, the thought is that we do a real, like a live one on, on the screen. I pull it up just like in, on here and we do it live. And we all debate about it. Everyone on the show, everyone in chat. And let, let chat decide. Not you or I. I just want to warn. 
I just want to warn them ahead of time. I'm mostly defense because I assume that we're going to fix some shit in free agency offensively and we're going to we're going to take care of a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And in the draft, to me, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. And it would not be upsetting to me that they spent most of this draft on defense. I agree. So I'm just going to let you, you guys know that ahead of time. That's where I'm going. I wouldn't be uh, disappointed with that at all. By the way, J2K, who's a, who's a, who, who will be on tomorrow night again, this was his idea for the uh, the draft, like a mock draft. And I thought it was a great idea. So we'll try to kind of make some fun with this tomorrow night. So join us for open mic, open mic night tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we're going to have a fucking even better show. We're going to have like five people on. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, what else do you have in that receiver uh, list that I gave you? Um, let's see. Nico uh, Remigio. Ooh, stop right there. He's a Wide good receiver one. Fresno State. Nico Remigio. Teeny tiny little bitty motherfucker which I think every team needs everybody needs a quick twitch little scat dude this dude can not only play receiver and get open down the field and take a top off of defense he can also tear your ass apart in the the, uh, special teams and kick return punt returns this dude is a damager and I know you can't see the video of what I'm talking about right now, but if you take your time, Nico Remigio from Rutgers. Am I correct? Uh, from Fresno State. Fresno State. My bad. There's, I've seen red helmet. Right here. Hold on. Fresno State. That's, cor- that's correct. There you go. This dude is dangerous. Oops. Dangerous. Put the ball in his hands and he fucks you up. He's gonna fuck you. My God, this dude is electric. If you're sitting around right now listening to me and listening to Mr. Shorty, grab your phone and look him up and see what the fuck I'm talking about. We cannot show you the video right now because we don't want to be flagged. But this dude right here is dangerous. Every freaking team in the league needs a Nico Remigio. He can flip the field on you in a second. Every team needs a guy like that. Quick, twitchy little guys like that. Slot receiver. We all want to jerk off to the thought of uh, Jackson Najigba or Smith and Najigba coming to the Bears, but that's not going to happen, right? I mean, so, I mean, it could happen, but it's probably not. So not, it's best not to get our hopes up for that. So we need to find someone that could fill that spot, right? This, dude is, this dude's a touchdown waiting to happen, man. It, did, go, did it, it Was he in the combine? I, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, you know about it. This dude, it's a lot of guys, man. You got to remember, there's only so many people can that can be invited to the combine. There's only so many people that can be drafted. So that means there are somewhere between a couple, two, three thousand guys that can really fucking play football that will not 
me a part of any of that. And Nico Remigio is one. Um, Ontario Wilson, who is Pokey Wilson, is another. Absolutely a disgrace that they're not part of it. Pokey Wilson is, if I had a choice to pick two receivers or three receivers that I would choose in this draft that can change the fucking game, Pokey Wilson would be one, Zay Flowers would be another, and Jalen Hyde would be the third. Any one of those three, I think, can really change something. Talking about Trey Flowers from Nebraska? Zay Flowers. Who's a receiver from? Oh, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. Also put Trey uh, Palmer in there. Trey from, Palmer from Nebraska. From Nebraska. Yep. Yes. Also throw him in there. Those are, yeah. those are the guys that I think really, really stand out, man. I mean, not to talk about stand. Zay Flowers has got some, uh, he's got some elite ability, man. And, and Trey Palmer is, um, he looks like Odell Beckham when you yeah. watch him on tape. He's got some route running um, stuff that he needs to fix. He's really raw. But he's got some route running shit he can clean up in a, in a freaking, really in a training camp. He can really clean that up a, lo- a whole lot and excel from there. But it won't take him much. Yeah. What's that? He had a hell of a combine, too. Yeah, he put up some good numbers, but that's a combine. That's just, you know, people in shorts and running. Right. It's it's nothing, man. I I don't I don't put too much emphasis on the combine. Combine is, is not football. No, and I agree with you, but the rest of the NFL seems to, right? So you you get all of the. That's where the 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 dominoes start to fall. Is after that, seemingly, it might be all smoke and mirrors to us or me, but it seems to be. That's after the combine. That's where the dominoes fall. It's it's a bunch of dumb owners owners that don't know football that will lean on their general managers to grab a guy because of something they saw in the uh, in the combine, and that's what makes our position strong. Right, it's because there's a dumbass owner somewhere watching these guys in tights <laughs> and right. determining whether or not underwear Olympics. Yes, and determining whether or not we should grab a guy. Right. And that always moves the needle. And so the quarterback value is going to go up a notch. The receiver value is going to go up a notch. And even some of the running backs. You know, some of that stuff is going to get way overblown based on numbers you saw at the combine, which really means shit. The really, truthfully, the only thing that means anything in the combine to me is stuff I can't see. That's the medical report. And that is the uh, interviews and the interviews. You can actually see, you know, you can see guys interviews, how they relate to the media and how they answer questions and all that. You can see all that. Right. But the, the medical report you can't see. And so that's the, that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. All the shit you saw on, on, on during the combine is meaningless because if it didn't show up on tape, it didn't mean shit. It's also the person, too, when you meet the person in person. You know, you can tell what kind of person you want on your team. Some people you can just tell they're not going to be a fit just by their personality. You know, so and that's why I said earlier on the show, I, the, the McCaskies, 
slash Hallises, they have this standard that they hold their players to. No matter what any of us think, they're all similar in their in their standard. So in their character, how they present themselves to the NFL, to the to the city. So that goes a long way with the players that they select in the draft and in free agency. They might take a, a, a flyer like a what's his name, McDonald a few years ago in with when Pace, I think he was with Fox. They got Ray, oh, Ray McDonald. Didn't work out. You know, uh, Tank Johnson, he had that incident. They got rid of him, basically. So they're not they're, they don't that character matters to this ownership. And that's going to you're going to find that in the players that they draft, just like we did last season. Every one of those guys are high character. What's what's funny about what we're talking about right now is Aldo sent me a text today and asked me to study a guy. And he ended up being a guy that I checked out a few weeks ago and I studied him because he was in the uh, the, the traits range of, of guys that traditionally Ryan Poles preferred. His name was John Gaines and he's from UCLA. He's a guard. And I looked at him and at first, when I, when I first seen him, I pulled his name up on YouTube and the first things I saw was his interviews. Turned out that he was a really intelligent guy, raised really well, and he and he appeared to be a mature guy to me. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's mature. And so he will he would be walking into the NFL with that going on for him. But when you watch the tape, him on the field, first thing that stands out to you is is he's a, a pretty much exclusively a right guard for UCLA who does not really run a zone scheme offense. They don't they don't really run the wide zone scheme. You rarely see them getting that set and execute the wide zone scheme. What they did is a whole bunch of gap power type of schemes. But he is really 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 quick at the feet. He's got some long arms and he sets well. He sets really well. He's actually the uh, actually the pro- prototype if we can if we could have one for for a guard, but he you just didn't see him on the left side, so it's hard to determine whether he'd be a fit or worth drafting because you don't know what he can do on the other side of the ball. We don't need a a fucking right guard. We got Tevin Jenkins, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? I I like it, dude. Look, just looking at this guy's stature. We can't we can't watch his video, but I like where we're going with that, because I'll be honest, I I lost track of what you were saying. Pulling this up. <laughs> well, well, I carry I carry it. When you when you first look at him and you and the first thing he's he's pudgy. You look at his body type. I almost didn't even yeah. want to watch his fucking film because I was like this dude's fat. So you're talking about him at right guard, though? That's where he played, at UCLA. Yeah. I mean, he played exclusively at the right guard spot. He's so really smart. So then you were saying put Tevin at right tackle again? No, absolutely okay. not. The question is whether or not he can play left guard. Mm, Tevin Jenkins or this guy? This guy. Okay. 
is is the question is whether or not he can fill in on the left guard. He play he plays right guard really well. He's got some really quick feet for a dude his size, and he's 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 really disciplined. He doesn't get flags. There's a lot to like about this cat, man. He's he's never on the ground. He's got great agility, great balance. This dude is is off the ball really quick, and he's patient in in pass protection. Why I say that is when when the, when the when the ball snaps and the defensive tackle is making a move, he's not jumping out there and saying, okay, I'm going to get on you before you get on me. He waits on you and absorbs what you got and is really and is really good at responding to it mm-hmm. because he trusts his feet. His feet can match whatever you got as a defensive tackle. That may not make sense to a whole bunch of people looking at this show and listening to us, but that's uh, that's a really, really – that's a thumbs up for a coach that's evaluating this. He's a, he's a really good talent. So who is next on your list, though? Let me, let me, let me pull this up here. So we're still on wide receivers, though. What you got? Well, Pokey Wilson was next. Oh, man. And then... Uh, Hold on. Before Wait. you take off, before you take off, I just want people to know Pokey Wilson is uh what I what I deem to be as these he's probably the overall best besides Zay Flowers, he's probably the best all around receiver in this draft. And he's not even in the combine. This dude is so goddamn smooth and what what's disturbing about a guy like pokey wilson is what's difficult to guard as a db is a guy that does not have uh he doesn't really give away what's about to happen next so he's not really loud with his arms and his hands and you know how receivers take off on a route and they're about at the uh I guess at the at the at the point of where they're about to make a break and their elbows and their arms will show you exactly what they're about to do. He's really quiet with that. It doesn't you can't tell. And some of the best receivers that have ever played the game, if you watch Jerry Rice's film, the one thing you will notice about Jerry Rice is every last one of his routes looked the same because his routes were really quiet. At the stem of his route, you never knew when he was gonna break down and come back to the ball or break you down thinking that he's coming back to the ball and go deep. That's what's scary about a guy like uh, Ontario uh, Wilson, Pokey Wilson, is you don't know. And he's that smooth where he can accelerate and get from zero to 10 in two steps. And that might sound like a lot listen to the people listening to me, but the people that really study football will get exactly what I'm saying. This dude is different, man. I'm telling you. There's, there's one thing that I see in common with so many of these players is that they are from Georgia. And I live in Georgia. I can't believe I live in Georgia. I'm from northern Illinois, and I live in Georgia. But it dawned on me that I have an opportunity. You know, Calvin Johnson went to high school, the town next to me. 
Uh, he went to high school in Tyrone, Georgia, the, the town right next to I could have seen him play high school football if I lived there, you know, whenever that was 10 years ago or more, 15 years ago. God, more than that shit. But uh, it would have been like a eight minute drive to see him play. And there's all sorts of players like that around me. Uh, Yaya Diabo. He's like 20 minutes away from me. Or Yaya Diaby. Sorry. <clears throat> That Aldo interviewed. I mean, they're all over the place in Georgia. So I might try to go and see some of these college football or college, uh, yeah, sorry, high school football games. And uh, maybe get some some footage of these, you know, uh, these up and coming players that could end up being a bear one day. That, that kind of crossed my mind because they're all over the place by me. Another guy, what, Ashburn, Ashburn, Georgia. What, what PJ just said, it really hits home. He said that, you know, he seems emotional. And I will say to PJ, man, listen, there there are so many guys like that. And that's probably the reason why he's not where he's he should be as far as combine and being talked about. That's probably the reason. You know, there's there's some things about his personality that rubs certain people the wrong way. What I would love to see happen is everybody not be so judgmental about their personality flaws and their maturity flaws. They're fucking 20 something years old. You know what I mean? They, they have to, they need the space to grow. They yeah. All they need is the opportunity and the space to grow. That's all they need, man. Nobody's a finished product at that age. You gotta have the space to grow, man. We'd all did so much stupid shit when we were that young. I mean, I should be dead from some stuff. And, you know, it's hard to blame Jalen Carter. That's why, you know, I, I, I personally would take him if he was I, – I never really really wanted him that high, but if he was there at uh, – if we had multiple picks and he was there at, at one of our picks and we could take him, you know, maybe two picks later or a pick later, yeah, I, I would do it. See what Cliff is saying? Not everybody grows, but how would you know if you don't give them the space to do it? Yep. If they don't grow, then you know what to do with that. But, I mean, you have to at least give them the space and the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not cool with, okay, this kid is uh, emotional or this kid is immature or this kid is that or the third. Guess what? He's a kid first. He's yep. young. Yep. And I was prone to all that shit as a young kid. But mm-hmm. it was given time, I turned into what you're listening to right now. I was That's lucky right. enough and fortunate enough to have time to be able to reflect on my fuck-ups, yeah. my misgivings, to be able to report to you guys right now that you gotta, you just got to avoid trying to be so hard on these young guys. Yeah, I agree. We have Aldo in the background. He wants to hop back in with us. Aldo Baldo. You're muted, my friend. I'll unmute you. I had such a great open in there, and then all of a sudden it's no fucking sound. Anyway, uh, Nomad, you must have had like about weeks to reflect on all this stuff given your your past. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Listen. I heard you talk about John Gaines, and the reason uh, I suggested that you talk about him today was because this guy was perhaps 
the most athletic offensive linemen at the combine. Look at these numbers as posted by the East West Shrine Bowl game. And they were obviously very, you know, uh, proud of the fact that they selected John Gaines the second for the East West Shrine Bowl. So he had, he's top five on all of these critical uh, things for uh, uh, workout things for an offensive yeah. lineman. 10 yard split. That's the first 10 yards when they run the 40, the vertical jump, the broad jump, the three cone, the, uh, the shuttle. So listen to Greg uh, Gabriel talk about what's important. I actually put this up on, Twitter today, and they got a lot of traction, a lot of retweets and so forth. Listen to Greg Gabriel talking about what is needed for an offensive lineman in this scheme that the Chicago Bears are playing. To see who made up the offensive line this year. They're all athletic. And why are they athletic? Because, like, the tackle's got to pull a lot. they got to get out in space. they got to adjust on the move, be able to hit a moving target, break down in, in the open space and hit a moving target. So you're not going to get these – Unless the guy's a freak and he's really a, a rare athlete for being so big, you're not going to get these 330, 335-pound guys. You're going to get guys that are usually in the three teens, maybe 322, 323. But it, 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 a lot of it depends on their athleticism. So you have to pay attention to not only the 40, but with linemen really what's important is the 10-yard speed. And, but then you look at the 20-yard shuttle and the three-cone, and obviously you want to look for some explosiveness, so that's where the, the standing long jump and the vertical jump come into play. Now, Greg and I are going to talk more about this on Gabriel Talks Football uh, tomorrow, after, uh, tomorrow morning, I think, at 11 a.m. Central. But I, I got to... Uh, do a shout out to Nobat because some of the offensive linemen, a couple of the offensive linemen that he has previewed here on the after show and also on open mic have those characteristics. They're athletic offensive linemen who can get out, find the guy they got at a block, adjust that big ass body. They got 315 pounds, 320 pounds and get that block on there. They let the running back or Justin Fields uh, skate through there. So uh, that's an important part. When we're all looking for offensive linemen for the Chicago Bears, whether they're uh, a free agent or a draft pick, that's an important part is how athletic are they? How can they move? And this John Gaines guy, just based on the numbers, I haven't seen a fucking microsecond of any of the tape that he offers. But just based on those numbers, I bet you that he is being studied very carefully by draft evaluators. So I just want to share that, guys. Guys, as always, are doing a fucking fantastic job. You're awesome, yeah, man. man. Thanks for thanks for jumping in and doing that. No, 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 no. Hang around, man, because he fits all of the athletic traits that you would need. He's 300, six foot four, 300 pounds, and can move. His feet are, are almost ballerina-esque. His feet, he can really move for a big guy. And they're quick. Right. The problem I have with him, and he and he didn't have any problems in most areas that you would expect an offensive lineman to have him. He didn't get flagged. He didn't. He's never on the ground. And and the only thing about him was he didn't finish. He didn't finish blocks. Right. And he's not. He doesn't have that nasty disposition. But all, all you have to do is watch his interviews, and you can see he's a really nice kid. 
But that doesn't mean he can't turn into those kind of that kind of player. That that you can get that out of a guy. If that's his only flaw, those two things are his only flaws, dude. You're gold with that guy. Well, that's a great point. And I'll, I'll talk to Greg about that because you know, so, Greg, when he offers evaluations to certain people, and I say, "Well, this guy doesn't do this," he goes, "A coach can take care of that. A coach can take care of that. If you if you interview the guy and he seems receptive to good coaching, then a coach can take care of that." So I'll ask him if uh, John Gaines falls into that category. Can you get him to finish blocks? Can you get him? to have that little bit of meanness in him where he's chewing on glass while he's kicking your ass. Uh, I love that about football players, those guys that can act civil, you know, uh, off the field. But on the field, they're fucking criminals. I love that. That's why we love this game. God the damn motherfucker it. Could be a, the motherfucker could be a sw- psychopath on the field, but you have to get that out of him. Exactly. You know, you, know, you just – you can't be nice to these motherfuckers. Put him on the ground and and dig a grave for him. You don't see that on tape with him, and that's the only flaw. And just this is tenacity and everything else checked out, man. Dude is great, great hands. I mean, one other thing that stuck out with him mm-hmm. is his patience. In order before he, you know, he's sitting in his pass set, and his patience before he threw his hands was kind of exceptional for a dude at his age, man, because that's the kind of stuff that it takes three, four years mm-hmm. for uh, NFL, you know, guard or tackle to understand that you don't have to throw your hands right away. You can be patient and wait for that thrust to happen and then fire those hands and keep them off you. Yep. He, and, and he sees that. He understands that now. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know what made you give me that name, but somebody I checked out a few weeks ago, and he checked everything except for the tenacity. Yeah, can I, can I interrupt your makeout fest and pose a different question to you guys entirely? Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think since you're here, Aldo? Because we want we want to wrap this up in what about 17 minutes? Take as long as you want. <laughs> so, we uh, I, I was thinking, what do you guys think of tight end over wide receiver in this draft? Oh, you fucker, you gave away one of our topics for next week, but we'll talk about it now. Because no, I you said, you said do it later on the on on the on the overtime show. That is true. Shit, I've got I've got <laughs> I've got a treat. You exposed my idiocy. <laughs> I've got a treat. I got a treat for everybody in the fucking chat, and I want you guys. It's almost. It's not a treat. It's more of an assignment. Um, I'm guessing right now. I think his name is Cameron McDonald, okay. tight end from Florida State. He's about two forty seven, two fifty. About six four, six five. This dude also wasn't invited to the uh, combine. But you want to talk about? I'm always looking for guys who have traits that we don't have on a team. Mm-hmm. So, and and to me, the Travis Kelsey type guys that have a little wiggle in their hips and a little, you know, the foot quickness to really get separation in a, in a game. Mm-hmm. Emory McDonald, Florida State. Check him yeah. out. Can Can I just say if 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 we can go and if we end up with one of your scenarios, Aldo, and we can have a chance at like a Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Outstanding. Outstanding. So here's what I'm thinking. Let me present the big picture. In other words, let me pontificate again. Okay. <laughs> Please do. Please pontificate. 
I envision, I don't care who the fucking quarterback is. It's either Justin Fields or my new darling, Anthony Richardson. I don't care who it is. As long as they're a good running back, I think we can get a faster road to uh, getting into the playoffs. If we draft one of the high end tight ends, Sam Laporta from Iowa, uh, Darnell Washington, uh, Mr. Shorty, I got to give it to you. I am convinced this guy can catch more than the 35 passes he, on average he caught at Georgia. I am convinced this guy is so athletic. He could be a really, really special player. Maybe not right away, but eventually. But my, my overall point is this. Let's bring in a two-tight end offense and one of the outstanding running backs from this year's draft, and let's fucking run the ball 60% of the time with Justin Fields, your new running back, your outstanding backup, Khalil Herbert, and then the passing game is predominantly those two pass-catching tight ends who are also good blockers. I mean, Darnell Washington is one of the best blocking tight ends to come out of the uh, NFL, I mean, out of NCAA football for several years. Uh, Did and, you see who he compared himself to? No. Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> My God. That was I his mean, own comp. <laughs> that's, and that's awesome. I mean, this guy is committed He's committed to blocking. You don't have to tell him, hey, please go out there and throw a fucking block. No, he's got, he's telling everybody else, throw blocks like myself. So I'm, I've fallen in love with Darnell Washington. But my overall point, again, is a two-tight end offense with a running quarterback and a running offense. And then all of a sudden, in 2024, guess what's going to happen? People will be copying that offense. Call it the Aldo offense, motherfuckers. <laughs> but, 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 Nomad, you know what has to happen right now? We have to knock on some fucking wood, right? Do we got to do that? Yeah, because he's saying we need to run our quarterback. So just knock on some wood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, this was a jerk off session in the show. <laughs> no, man. You don't want to, you don't want to, don't, don't even put this, I don't want to say it. Just, we, we don't want him to run that much. Let's just say that much. No, I agree with that. But you know what? You know what happened at, at, in 2023? Once the running part of Justin Fields' game became a part of the game plan and they were designed runs, he got hit a much less. It's when he's fucking running around to save his life and everything is breaking down. And like he himself has said, Justin Fields, this body's flying all around and that's when he forgets to slide. That's when he forgets to protect himself. But if you use him in the running game and design five, six, seven plays a game for him to run, use as many as necessary. But, of course, the running back is the number one game. I'm with you, and, Mr. And what, Shorty. And what did he – thank you, Aldo. And what did he admit himself that, that he needs to work on the most? Is this short passing game, right? You give him another stud tight end. Exactly. My God. I love this guy. It opens up the whole fucking short passing game. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Nomad, are you with my offense or what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving Shorty some credit too because he's buying I'm, in. I'm with, I'm with most of it. I, I think, um, I think what's underestimated in this whole conversation, and then what I've been, I've been talking about this the whole off season, mm-hmm. is we underestimate the running back position. And this is a ground and pound philosophy that we're trying to achieve here we're trying to really run the fucking 
air out of the ball and really pound teams and play some really good defense. And that's the key. You have to be stout on fucking defense and you have to be able to run the ball until people fear you. And so therefore, whether that's whether that's a running back or Justin, the option of Justin should always be there. But that shouldn't be everything. You should have a back back there that can really carry the mail and can be really threatening. He, he needs to be explosive. And right now, I'll be honest with you, what's out there is uh, Miles Sanders. And people can think what they want about Miles Sanders and whether or not we get a running back in free agency. It's up for it's up for grabs. I think I think they might just because of Ian Cunningham's eye on talent and what he knows about the Philadelphia Eagles football players. I think it's an option. But we may just go and get that those running backs in the draft. We may just go and do that, you know, and if we do, I'm happy if we get uh, fucking uh, Sanders from from the Eagles. I'm happy with that, too. But I just want a, a home run threat from the backfield as an A1 running back. Right now, David Montgomery is probably not going to be with us. I can I cannot share my feelings with you guys about that. You guys are going to feel about him the way you feel about him. And I get it. Whether or not he stays is really not up to us, but I don't think he's going to be here. And so we need to do something else. We need to make sure we have a running back that can hit a home run at every moment, whether it's the first running back or the second one or the third one. We need a home run hitter. Can I pontificate a question to you guys? Pontificate. We need to answer some questions. Who would want Monty? Not me. No, what team? What team? I think the Raiders. They would replace Jacobs with David no, Montgomery. They just, they just uh, franchised Jacobs today. Oh, that's right. I, I thought that he was loose. That's right. But uh, okay, that's a good question. Uh, I, I bet. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you beat me to it by about zero point seven Bills, seconds. The Buffalo Bills, maybe. Patriots, yes. The Bills the would Chiefs. be a great team. Even the Chiefs. Monty's yep. a stable, really, really stable running back. And get you qualified yards, but he just won't hit the home run for you. But there's st- the Chiefs are set with Pacheco and uh, uh, Edwards Hilaire because they're still under their rookie contracts, and so I, I don't think they're going to be looking for a running back. I'd be surprised. I'll, you know, maybe if they drop Edwards Hilaire, who's not making a lot of money, you would keep him. But those are two quality backs. Pacheco has already proven he's a number one back. And uh, Edwards Hilaire, they drafted him in the first round. So I don't think they're going to give up on him. But just like the list, that, the, the free agency list that you pulled up earlier, Aldo, there could be a, a, a Bills podcast pulling up a free agency list going, oh, look, we can get David Montgomery. What do you guys think about him? Of and course. just like I was saying, like, those, most of those players need to go to a team or they're most likely going to go to a team that's about to win now. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a Monty. If, if he's going to leave the Bears – it's going to be for a team that's going to win now. And, I if, agree. and if he doesn't, I don't think, if the, I don't if think the market is very there, high. Bears, I think. I don't think the market is very high for him at all. I right. wouldn't be surprised if he's not picked up until somewhere in the middle of training camp, man. After just, June, after June 1st. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's not an explosive player. He's really, unless he's unless he's a, a Chicago Bear, he's not really somebody that's coveted. We love him because we're Chicago Bear fans and we love our guys. 
But after that, and you watch the tape, David Montgomery is is not really all that. Now I hate to say it because I love that dude, man. Me too, man. I fucking love that dude. I know what you're saying, though. It's just not there on tape. I know it's not there. It, he doesn't fit this offense. I know what you're saying, but but it, it, you know we all know how much we love him because of our other reasons. You know, it's it's just our homerisms. Yeah, it, it's not there when you watch him on tape. And I've took the time to do that. You got you got some a whole bunch of moments where you where he plays extra and he does extra. He he's a he's really a grave digger when it comes to running the ball, but. He's not going to hit you that home run that you really want. You want to be explosive coming out of the backfield when you got a guy like Justin Fields. You got a guy like Justin Fields. You need to. You need a home run hitter as a threat in that mesh when you when you're handing the ball off and snatching it out of there and running the other direction. You need a guy. Mm-hmm. He's just not it, man. I'm sorry. I I totally agree with you. I love David Montgomery. I love him first and foremost because he's a leader. This is a guy that when he was uh, playing at Iowa, he would go work out at 10 p.m. at night. A week or two later, he invited a teammate or two. There was three guys working out at 10 p.m. at night. All of a sudden, there's five or six. A week or two later, there's nine or ten. A week or three later, it's all the fucking team is working out on a Friday night at 10 p.m. All started by David Montgomery. These are the leadership skills that he displayed in college. And when he came in to his rookie year with the Bears, fucking Matt Nagy stripped him of all that, didn't recognize the type of man that he was. And so they had issues then, you know. David wanted to speak up and tell guys, hey, let's do it this way. And and Nagy silenced him, and that was bad. If they got together during the off season of of that next year, and they and they uh, 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 reached some kind type of common ground, and so then what happened is Montgomery started to get into his own clubhouse leader for the Chicago Bears, big time uh, getting the tough yards. You look at his yards per average. You know why that's so low? It's because there's a lot of a red zone. Uh, carries that he was having. And so he can only get a yard because everybody knows, you know, he's he's getting the ball. This is a, a short yardage situation. You strip that away or you give him an offensive line that was fantastic at moving the line forward and he would have got his touchdown on the first carry as opposed to the second or third. Then his yards per average would have been uh, 4.5 as, as opposed to closer to the 4.0 that it is now. And yes, he does doesn't have to break away speed, but that, you know, that's not a, a nullifier. I just, I would love to have this guy as my second back, not my first back. I, I just don't see that happening. Although I don't, I, see agree. Him, I don't see him settling as a second running back. I agree. Be honest with you. I think uh, Atlanta with his fondness with uh, Ryan Pace and everything they have going on over there is a good option for him. I don't see him. We need to start answering some of these questions in here before we get out of here. But what are people asking? I don't know how big my dick is. <laughs> well, it's a ruler for fuck's sake. You got it. You got fire those questions, man. Fire those. Questions. Stuff. You have a wooden ruler sitting around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> here, you got some tweezers here. <laughs> fire those questions, motherfuckers. Do it. Come on, come on, retro. Let's talk football. <laughs> 
Come on. What are your, get get some questions in here, guys. Let's get them up here. See, and that's what I was saying. I know it got, may have gotten lost in all my pontification, but exactly. Montgomery, he's a better back than the Bears have treated him. It's so it's so fucking you know, it's it, it's a, it's a cliche with the Chicago Bears. Quarterbacks could be better if they had better offensive linemen. The running backs could be better if they had offensive linemen. They're never providing that one player with everything around him that he needs to excel to be a, a super back. And I got to get back to this. I apologize, guys. But that's why I propose this Anthony Richardson trade because it's a, it allows us now to have everything in synchronicity moving forward. The problem with the Chicago Bears team, and I have been saying it since the day one of Bears Barroom, Barroom Network, that we are not synced up with developing a team. We get a quarterback from another general manager, and this general manager has to deal with this guy and so forth. That's not the way you build the team. And so if Poles goes to George McCaskey and says, I want to bring in another quarterback and start this thing over because I think it'll be better than, than uh, going with Justin Fields, but it is going to take us a little longer, that I'm listening to that guy and I'm, I'm paying respect to that. Nomad? Well, I'm, I love I'm, you, Aldo. As, as much as I love David Montgomery, I got to let him go. I, I, I love him, and that's why I got to let him go because you could be more of a value somewhere else than you can be here. He's not going to be a second back here. He's I'm telling you all though, these guys are looking for explosion. David Montgomery doesn't provide that. I agree. I agree. That's, that's the unfortunate part about it. You know, he's just not it. You know, we've seen the best of David Montgomery. We've seen the ceiling of David. No Matt, no Matt, let me ask you this. Would you like to have Bijan Robinson on the team? No. He's no, a lot like David Montgomery. All right, get, let's get Nomad. No, he, you're he's a lot like- we're, we're getting rid of Nomad. You're sticking around, Aldo. <laughs> we just got rid of Nomad. <laughs> Nomad's gone. It's just you and I. <laughs> no, let me explain. Let me explain myself. Let me explain myself. Okay. Uh, B. John Robinson is a lot like David Montgomery in terms of he shucks, he shakes, and he tries to you know elude a whole lot of hits and tackles. And that's David Montgomery instead of making one move and it really exploding. And, and what? Go ahead, man. No, I'm just rubbing heads with Aldo. All right, let's kiss. Yeah. They, B. John Robinson isn't, isn't that much better than he's the flavor of the month is what he is. Everybody wants to talk about B. John Robinson. He's the best. No, no, I'm, I'm I apologize, Nomad, to, for interrupting. But B. John Robinson is Saquon Barkley. That's who he is, and that's who he no. will be. And if he stays healthy, he'll have a better career statistically than Saquon. There's no doubt in my mind. They're the I, same I, player. I'll put a big face Ben Franklin right here on, on live TV. I will bet you 100 bucks. He will have nowhere near the fucking results that no, hell no. Come on, man. I, I'm not betting money with anyone whose name I don't really know. <laughs> Your name is not really Nomad, so I'm not betting money with you. I, I'll give you my Cash App address, man. I'll give that to you. I'm just trying to figure out a way out. I'm in my fucking PO box. No, man. 
B. John Robinson is one of those guys that are really, he's really, 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 really overrated. And I hate to say it, but he's, everybody's talking about the guy because of what numbers he puts up in the, uh, in the, in the combine and some of the stuff you see on tape. But if you really, really study it, he's a lot like David Montgomery. He tries to jerk and shake and make all these moves on all these defenders, and he's going to get his ass busted. This is what's going to happen. Aldo, can I he go doesn't back see and- a hole and, and fucking accelerate through it like he should as a running back. And he's going to get his ass he's going to get his ass cracked early. Oh, I'll let you, I'll let you re- go rebuttal to that. Then I want to change the subject really quick. Back to wow. the previous oh. subject. You're asking Mr. Pontificator Senior to <laughs> rebut to that? <laughs> okay. But I'm going to do it in a real simple way. I'm going to do it in a very, very simple way. I'm going to let the video tell the story. Here we go. And fuck you to fuck. And there are penalties for shit. There's only one way to solve this argument. Take a look at these video clips put together by Jip. Just Bombs Productions. We, We had it. We were fine until now. We can, we, if just bombs productions can put this video up on YouTube. Why the fuck can't we? God damn it. So all that look, juking, all look that juking, that. he's gonna get his ass busted. No, 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 no. Guaranteed. No, 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 no. Oh my god. You it's see a hole, you get one move and you bust it. No, he no, 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 no. Too much. Just like David Montgomery. Look at that. Look at that. Oh my god. Oh, that is sexy. That was sexy. That was a mixture of Gale Sayers and Walter Payton. That is sexy. Look at that. That's like LaDainian Tomlinson, too. Yes. And and like Edger and James. He's going to get his ass busted, man. I'm seeing a little bit of everybody in there, man. I've studied this dude. He's going to get his ass busted. We're going to patient, seize the hole, and then burst through it with – what was his 40 timing? Do you guys remember? Anybody? 4-4. Okay. All right. yeah, that reminds me of Edger and James the way he hits the the way he cuts. I love that comparison. I'm telling I'm, you, dude. I'm telling nope. you, dude. He's gonna get his ass busted. Nomad, you might have the fucking sexiest back at the bar room. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. This guy here. He, one more clip. Watch his touchdown. Guys, oh my god! Oh my god! All that juking is gonna get his ass busted, man. This is the NFL. These dudes are fast. This ain't college. You can't get away with two jukes and think you're going to get away with a 60-yard run. He's going to get his shit busted, man. I don't know, man. So Tell here, me, man. here we go. Cliff. Hold on a second. Here we go. I got it. I got it for you, Aldo. Oh, man. What Wait, you got where? for me? What you got for me? Oh, here it is. Here's his 40. Here's Bajan Robinson's 40. Oh my gosh, watch this. 4-4 four, four is really fast. Look at him. Oh, you gotta, you, gotta get, you gotta get to 4-4. Four, four. And the way that's he runs the ball, than, that, the way he fast. runs the ball, he uses all of his energy. Field. He uses all of his energy in the shucks and jives. He, he just jukes too much, man. And the 4-4 four, four ain't there on the field. All right. All right. You know well, what I'm, gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on a second. Keep talking while I pull up Justin Fields 40. <laughs> well, I, I no man, I uh, you know more about football than I know more about sex, and I fucking know a lot about sex. But um, 
we'll, we're just going to look at it at the end of the year, maybe four, the middle four, of the year. Justin so Fields in the four four six. Four four six at the combine. Okay, I I just feel like Bijan. Now uh, there are a lot of factors. He's got to go with the right team. You know, he's got to have a good offensive line. Not great, but he's got to have a good offensive line. Then we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about. It. That's the only way to to you know resolve the situation. But I disagree. There, there was a guy. There was a guy that that got drafted not too long ago and played in the league, and he's out of the league now. They had similar traits to him. Mm-hmm. His name's Trent Richardson. He played for the Cleveland Browns. I, know I don't Trent. know if you guys remember that guy. Oh, yeah. He came out of Alabama. Similar mm-hmm. traits. And what happened was he got into the league and realized that he couldn't do the same shit that he did at Alabama That he, in the league. You just you just can't get away with certain shit. You get one, mu- you get one fucking move, Aldo. Mm-hmm. You get one fucking move. And you need to accelerate and you need to press the hole. This dude is this dude, B. John Robinson, he wants two or three. And he's gonna get his ass busted. I promise you. And I will stand by this a year from now. He's gonna get his ass busted, dude. There are four, five, six backs that I would choose over him. Name one. One? Yeah. Israel Abaconda. Right. Abaconda or Anaconda? I never, <laughs> I never took a shower with the guy, so I can't it's say. Like, it's like I feel, I feel like I'm on King. Kendra, I'll give you two. Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller out of uh, TCU. Retro. Holy shit. Retro. Damn, Man, Retro. Thank you, Retro. He just told you, Aldo. He just told you. You know what? I'm, I'm telling Retro right now. I love you, man. I love, love you, Retro. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. My man, Retro. Keep that up for like the next 10 minutes. By the, way, the by the way, you is Retro... Your, is retro up. You got to pay some money to get that chat off the screen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, retro is... Uh, excuse me. Uh, Dan, is Retro scheduled to be on open mic? No, not yet. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, but man, if you would like man? to join Open Mic Retro, what's going on, Mister Director? Retro. It'll be it'll be in the description. It's Dan the Dirty Bear at gmail dot com. There you go. Retro better and, be on the show tomorrow. Else, it's gonna be a goddamn no, war. We have we have a packed show tomorrow, man. We have like five, maybe even six people on Open Mic tomorrow night. It's gonna be a fucking great show. It's gonna we be a need, great. We, show. we need more of you guys to do that. So we can continue this shit, man. We need you guys to really get your chats, super chats out there so we can highlight it, man. We need to keep this shit going. Or if if we don't, it, it won't be a whole lot of Nomad, Mr. Shorty, and Aldo doing these extra shows. I'm telling you right now, I will fucking quit. I won't do shit. If, if, y'all, can't, if y'all can't help us do this shit, then I ain't doing it. I'm going back to farming sheep. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> fucking Nomad will not be fucking doing anything for free. This is, you hey. know, these are new days in America. <laughs> it's, 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 you got to pay the bills. Yeah, damn it, I need it. Got to pay them, man. Retro, thank you so much, man. That is very, very, very kind and generous of you, man. That's seriously. It takes a lot to do all this. You have, by the, by you the way, fucking let, idea. let me just add to what you're saying, Mr. Shorty, because Retro and I have actually talked with one another on uh, uh, 
on Skype or whatever the fuck medium we this guy is funny as all hell. He's a little bit on the crazy side because he is from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people from New Jersey are. Uh, Skooky and uh, the situation and those all those fucking people. Retro's got a little bit of that, but he's also retro. He's like my age, almost. Mm. Nice. I, know, I know he probably wants his five dollars back. <laughs> you know what? You know what most people are curious about, and, and we're we're one week away from it. Uh-huh. Is what's going to happen when the uh, when the free agency period starts? Who mm-hmm. are we going to get? What guys are on our radar? Mm-hmm. What positions are on our radar? And I tell you right now, it's defensive linemen, offensive linemen, and maybe a linebacker or two in secondary. There's no receivers on the board that we're going to – I don't think there's a receiver on the board that we're going to grab. It could be a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, but I really see that as a long shot. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't see him out there unless there's some guys that come loose, you know, and cap casualties that that really stand out. I don't, I don't see receiver there. Mm-hmm. I totally That's agree. Like- that's why I say tight end over wide receiver. I and and Mr. Shorty, you and I think a lot alike in many areas, and that's one. I I really like the idea of the Bears adding. There are three tight ends in this draft that I am really fucking in love with, and there are like three more that I say, yeah, really consider drafting these guys because sure. they could really add to this offense. And, and when you do a value comparison, there's not as many wide receivers that can do for this offense as as tight ends. Right. I know that's a little weird. I, I'm not expressing it as, as but well you, as I can. Let's just say you can get a Darnell Washington, right? Then you can also somehow get a – let's say you can get a Dalton Kincaid and mm-hmm. then somehow get a Darnell Washington, let's just say. You have basically a, 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 an extra tackle – and Darnell Washington. That mm-hmm. dude is a fucking beast. He blocks. He is athletic. He can catch. He can jump over guys. He's not fast, but he can get open with his size. He, he His catch radius. He can jump over fuckers when he's on a roll. You know, if, if, if you're in his way when he's trying to catch a ball, he will knock you on your ass. Yep. And I love yeah. that about him. Hey, guys. Add him and and like another tight end to that mix with Cole Komet and just just punish the 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 short game. Awesome. Go ahead, Nomad. Sorry. Sometimes when we quiet down and pay attention to what the guys in the chat are saying, there's somebody. I think J2K PJ might have brought it up originally, but he said that it would be fun. What would be fun is do a mock free agency draft. I love that idea. How about that? Did J2K come up with that? I think no, he got that from PJ. J2K came up with the mock uh, the mock draft, which I think we're going to try to do tomorrow night. So I think I'll pull up like a real mock, like a mock draft from like a – what do you guys know a good site? What do you guys use? What's a good mock draft site? Pro Football uh, Network. Okay. Pro Football Network is a good one. It's free. Uh, they offer trades and all that shit? Uh, yes, they do. Cool. They, they we, pop we, up we, on the screen. So we could just pull that up onto here, mm-hmm. exactly. On the screen, mm-hmm. And then, and then, 
have everyone in an open mic tomorrow night discuss it. But then J2K's idea was that we leave it to chat. Mm-hmm. Let's, super chat Let's super chat it. If you want uh, your pick, if you want your pick, fucking had super <laughs> chat that Get the shit out of that. Super yeah. chat it, and your pick will be had. We will look at your draft board based on what you paid for. Uh, yeah, right. If you don't want to do that, you will be seeing Dane, uh, Nomad pick all the all the picks. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Let's see what let's see what you got. You guys think you got you guys feel like you have all the answers and what we need to pick as far as uh, the Chicago Bears franchise goes. Let's see what you got. Super chat it and we will pick your picks. That sounds like a fucking great idea, Nomad. Let's find out how it works tomorrow. That should be a awesome show. I would love to do that, man. Let let them let them stand out above the rest of the chat and pick their picks, and let's see what they came up with. I might agree with you, mm-hmm. Cliff you Victoria. Somebody... The money is not going to YouTube; it's going to these guys right here. And Cliff, come on, you just sold like three houses yesterday. Come on, you, you can you can afford five bucks. It's it's always the old rich guys. Oh wait, wait, hold on. I want to. Uh, you know what I really want to see. I really want to see if, if they do this in Super Chat. Um, I want to see J2K. I want to see Triple R. And I want to see uh, PJ. No, R's on the show tomorrow night, my friend. And I want to see, uh, what's what's his name? The, the guy that just gave us the uh, Super Chat. What's his name again? Ret- Retro. Retro. Okay. I want to see those four guys. If I, I believe that their energy and what they believe that we should do as Bears, I believe what they pick should be really fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. Really fucking interesting. Especially J2K, Triple R, and uh, who am I missing? Who am I missing? My mother. Uh, oh, so uh, tomorrow night, it's going to be Triple R, J2K, PJ. PJ, Luke. that's what I'm missing. Luke and Sam Rush. And Sam. I think that's I think that's it. I might be missing. If I'm missing somebody else, I no, I think that's it. I'll Let's see what Cliff's got. Cliff, Cliff's got a lot to say. I want to see what Cliff got to it too. Pay for on, that Cliff. shit. Come on, put a Cliff. Buck in, Cliff. And we, hey, hey, we can have people bid for the highest one. I'll put it in a buck. Oh, two bucks. Oh, three bucks. Yeah, well, promote uh, your real estate agency, Cliff. <laughs> you might, you might have me agree with a whole lot of this shit, but I'm. If you're wrong, I'm gonna shoot your ass down. <laughs> I love it. I mean, seriously, uh, tomorrow night's gonna be a great show. An open mic night. We have, we're gonna have so many of you guys from chat on the show. Five, five of you plus Nomad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have some questions. Delegate, come in and out. It's gonna be the, the show is about you guys. So, you know, uh, there's gonna be a lot of people in there too, Nomad. So make sure you give those guys their time too, <laughs> because oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna piss on you because you don't do a super chat. But you, if you guys understand how this works, it's important that you guys are willing to give up a couple of dollars here and there just to keep this shit going, man. We're trying to do something so that we can give you more content. Right. We're trying to go somewhere. We're not just trying to ask you for money to pander. We're trying to go somewhere so that we can give you more and more content on the bar room. You know, it's, it's not for nothing. That's for damn sure. None of this is, uh, to Aldo, the pod father, has put all this into this for nothing for so many years. Come on, man. Let's all like boost this up a little bit. 
let's like let's pay let's keep the lights on at least for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> gotta pay for those lights behind uh lights mr shorty <laughs> there's, there's 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 much more juice to squeeze out of this veg i mean out of this fruit if you guys yeah. help us by the way we should probably just say just blast it out here aldo we're the Barroom Network is looking for uh, Chicago Cubs podcasters. If you guys know anyone or you want to do a Chicago Cubs podcast on the Barroom Network, <laughs> we need one. Get out of here. Nobody cares about Sox that. Fans. We do Cubs, Cubs. No. Surprise, motherfucker. Everyone here on the Barroom Network is a, is a Sox fan. We need a Cubs podcast. Don't shit on it. There has to, it's a network. It has to cover all the sports of Chicago. There needs to be a Cubs podcast. By far. If anyone, nobody, nobody yeah, wants to talk about sports more than Bears fans. That's true. By far. And the problem is, I think on the bar room, and I'm just going to tell you guys my personal feelings about this is, from the bar room, I don't think there's enough Bears content coming out of the bar room. That's probably true. I don't. I don't. I think they they are hungry for Bears content coming out of the bar room, and the more you feed them, the more the bear the uh, bar room will grow. I think that's the truth. But oh my God, who the hell? <laughs> I'm just saying. By the way, Nomad. I was astounded when uh, Matt Eberflus was talking about uh, your sexual prowess the other day at the combine. Big, long, and fast. I mean, that's hey. you're amazing, man. You're amazing. Hey, I, I'll take my pants off and the whole room will get dark, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I take my pants off and it's like, hey. <laughs> Turn out the shades. It'd be a lunar <laughs> eclipse in this motherfucker. <laughs> hey guys, I'll let you close the show, and don't forget we got a meeting coming up in about ten minutes. Gotcha. Excellent. I'll All see right, you soon. Adios. Your floor, Mister Shorty. Guys, listen. You guys are amazing in chat. Everyone who's watching the show, everyone who's watching it tomorrow, not live. We love you guys. You are you guys are what makes the bar room the bar room. So we, we're trying to do our best to give you the content that you want to see, and we're hoping that we can that we are providing that for you. So um tomorrow night's show, open mic night, is very special because it involves you. So uh we're we're trying to promote that. Uh because that show is literally about you guys. Everyone who is here in chat, anyone that wants to join the show, Retro, Cliff, you've been on the show. You can join anytime, of course. PJ, you were on last week. You're coming on tomorrow night. Uh, anyone else that wants to join the show, email danthedirtybear at gmail.com. That's danthedirtybear at gmail.com. And we will set you up to join Open Mic Night tomorrow night where you are the show nomad i'll let you finish up what you want to say and then we'll wrap this shit up well i don't have a whole lot to say other than i just want you guys to know that when i see live go on the top of my right side of my screen 
I or left side of my screen, I I become an entertainer. And my job is to come in here and entertain people who want to be entertained. Most people want Bears content. I know that pretty much all of you guys want that. And my job is to do the best I can to present that. That means there's going to be a whole bunch of studying. There's going to be a whole bunch of research that goes on behind the scenes that you guys don't know about. But I want to be prepared for everything that may come my way when I when I get on the bar room. And so for that, I'm not asking for a thank you. I'm asking for a little bit of appreciation. Appreciate what people have to go through to bring you this content. I speak and I know what I'm talking about when I say it. And so hopefully you guys will get to the point to where you realize that, you know, it's not just simply turning on a camera and say, hey, let's go. No, you got to do some work. You got to got to make sure you know what you're talking about when the camera is live. Mm -hmm. And so for that, I hope you guys understand what goes on behind the scenes. Just if I gave you just a little bit of insight of what happens behind the scenes, I hope that works for you. But just know that everything that you see on the bar room, it takes a certain amount of uh, volunteership. It takes a certain amount of commitment for you guys to get what you get. And I'm more than happy to do it for you. I'm, blessed to be in a position to be able to do that for you guys i'm happy to do that work just show us that love back and that's all i got we want to build this ballroom network to something bigger than it is we want to we want to get there to chgo man come on help us guys let's get us up there there's a network here there's plenty of content you guys love it so look at retro down there man i love it i love it man thank you retro man hey Man, I appreciate you so much for that because it took it took time for everybody to understand it was going to be a change and for everybody to get used to it and being accepting of it. And thank you for being that guy, man, and being, well, being willing to see it. I left that one up because thank you, Retro. I, I I saw when you said that you you were done and you came back and you you I saw when you started to appreciate it. So that means a lot. That's why I left that up there. Appreciate you, Retro. Thank you very much. It's it, it takes some work, but you know it. We can make we can all make things happen together and make things good. And it takes you guys too. So thank you very much. We gotta that, get out of here, man. I think that's the show. Cliff, he's gonna end it by saying thanks for a great show, guys. Thank you for a great show, guys. Love you, Cliffy. We all love you all very much. And we're going to end this in my traditional way. Because it's, you know, that's how I do shit. I'm going to say, uh, wait, where's the where's the closing? There we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this with a bears. Go ahead, Nomad. Peace and love, man.